0: Let's get sweaty.
1: Hello, and welcome to episode seven of the Shemu Dojo show with myself, James Brown, and Mr. Matthew. Hello, 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 Oliver. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, uh, if you heard Casey's
0: podcast, you'll get that joke Bloody Super Monkey Ball.
1: Super Monkey Ball, that's the brand new Super Monkey Ball that's just been released. Uh, well, I say brand new, it's like sort of a remaster, but uh, we've been playing it a lot recently, and that theme song stuck <laughs> in both of our heads.
0: Oh, yeah, it is. But I'm
1: good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Thank you, man. Yeah. So it's it's sort of the night after the, well, the calm before the storm or the calm after the storm, as it were, of the Shemu anime that happened last night, the panel and the, the trailer that was released to the public. So how are you getting on after that whole crazy thing that went on last night?
0: I mean, it was nuts, wasn't it? I'm, I'm suffering from sleep deprivation because I didn't sleep very much last night because I was pumped. Honestly, I mean, the first impression of it is, is oh, my God, it looks so good. They've put so much time and effort into it. And, well, the reaction says it says it all from everybody. I mean, live on air, I was speechless and I'm not often speechless. So it says enough for, for me and, and how I think that, that trailer sort of just knocked it completely out of the park. And what about yourself?
1: Yeah, well, same as you, mate. It was like completely unexpected, I don't think anyone was expecting it to look off as good as it did. And just watching that trailer, I know we we, we were streaming the whole panel. That's a, a, another story for a different time, really, because we were expecting it to be a live event, a paid event, and yeah. it ended up being neither. So, <laughs> um, But it was an incredible experience to do that with people. I think we had up to 100 people at one point watching our commentary on the panel. And some interesting stuff that we're going to talk about a little bit later, we're going to get into some of the aspects of the panel and what was talked about but the main attraction obviously was the first trailer and like you say it just it blew everyone away seemingly and it left us both speechless I think I mean as we were watching the panel because we we're trying to get stuff out on social media quite speedily we've got people on the team behind the scenes working and skipping seemingly like to the end of the the panel to get to the trailer and Pumping out screenshots and stuff, and I was seeing these screenshots, and you were just watching the panel, and you know you didn't know why I was reacting so speechlessly crazy. You know, you can't put words into what we were seeing. I'm just really, really happy. It's, I don't know if you can tell. It's just such an inc- incredible trailer they put together there. Uh, I don't really have a bad word to say about it.
0: No, I don't. And actually, I think one of the biggest fears around the anime was, are they going to do it properly? Is it going to be a proper budget anime that's going to show off Shenmue in the best possible light? And judging by the sort of minute, minute 15 seconds trailer that we got, it is a comprehensive, outstanding yes. They've done a really good job here. Shenmue fans should not be disappointed in any, any aspect of this trailer. And if the anime lives up to that trailer or anywhere close to it, I promise you this could really set things on fire in terms of the series and moving it forward.
1: Yeah, definitely, because at the end of the day, we still want to get a Shemu 4, and I'm sure we'll get into it at some point later on in the podcast. But I really think that this anime is such a great basis going forward to get a Shemu 4. It's going to be successful. I mean, I can tell from the response, people from the trailer, I think so. every Shenmue fan that's a Shenmue fan is super excited to watch this adaptation. So I expect this to go a ways into making Shenmue 4 a reality, surely. Gathering new fans as we go as well that, you know, have come from an anime background, not particularly, might not even be aware of Shenmue as a a name and and seeing this, this anime getting into this series... Uh, learning about the story and the lore of Shenmue that we know and love. Uh, hopefully tag a few more fans along the way as well.
0: I mean, that's that's the aim, isn't it? And uh, we'll talk about this more when we analyse the panel itself. But, I mean, Yuzuki has been open from, from the beginning that he wants this to attract new people to the series, to play the games, to get back into the games. And if this anime is a success, it really puts the ball back in some people's courts as to what happens with Shenmue. I'm thinking of Sega here. Um, because if this is a rip-roaring success, the easy thing to do would be, right, let's cash in on this, let's finish the story with an anime and get it done. But that's, in some respects, it's the easy route. Is there going to be then enough temptation to go, do you know what, the anime has brought in so many new sales for the, for the, for the games, sod it, let's, let's do a Shenmue 4. And there's going to be some big decisions made around the series if this is successful.
1: It's sort of like a double-edged sword because, like you say, on the one hand, if the anime is successful, it could go one of two ways. They could use that success and uh, have a risk at a fourth game, hoping that you know all these new fans and people are going to be interested enough now into the games again that Shemmy 4 is going to sound like hotcakes kind of thing, or are they going to go that other way where the anime is such a success and the games weren't necessarily as successful let's just finish the story off with an anime because that's currently the the right direction that the series is sort of heading in, in, in terms of success. And
0: it's funny, isn't it? I mean, I think, I mean, what you're trying to say is it's obviously say it's that, that success that it could bring to the, to the franchise. It, it, it's going to create a discussion. It's going to create a problem, a good problem. Yeah. Shall we say at the end of the day? And, I think most Shenmue fans, certainly the people have been around from the beginning, and this isn't to disparage any new fans coming to the series because of this anime. Most of us want Shenmue Four as game format, and we've always said that. But I think, based on the quality of what we've seen from the anime, it it would be acceptable. I think to the majority in the community, if that had to finish the story, it would it, that would be a good way to go. And yeah, if there's I no just, other option yeah if there's no other option but we know that Yuzuki has been quite open that he wants to do a fourth game so i do think that will be the way they want to push it but it really yeah, there's a lot of players involved here sega you yeah, san himself um and everyone all his partners around it so at the end of the day the big decision lies with sega sega could turn around and pull this back in house and go we want to finish a story um through the anime and then that that decision's taken out of um, Wisenex's hands to a point.
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting one. I mean, even so, if we end up getting further into the story with the anime, you could always then take that as a basis for a fourth game in the future. So rather yeah. now we've kind of got the, the direction of turning games into an anime adaptation, it could work the other way around in the future, depending on how quickly they plan to get this show out. Uh, i know it was announced a year ago i'm not 100% on when they actually started working on the first season but within a year they seem to have done quite a lot judging from the trailer i mean it could almost be nearly complete in a way this first season so while we're digesting that first season if they continue to work on say the second season as well you know without a gap at i don't know how anime animes typically work season to season whether the the teams just carry on working or they take a break or what you kind of don't want is the the team to split and work on other projects because then it's getting them back together to then create a follow-up season so it also depends on how far they're going to go in the story when we touch on the trailer that we've we've seen you know it seems to be going quite a way into the series as well so i mean it depends how far we get and in terms of what can then take into the, the second season whether that's going to cover a shemu 3 or 4 further down the line. So it's going to be interesting to see how things go after the anime is released, but obviously we're, we're quite away from that still at the moment.
0: We are, and we just have to see what, what the future holds but I mean, just, just based on, and we're going to go into the trailer analysis in a second, I think just based on what we've seen, um, the future of the series is in exceptional hands. It really
1: is. So typically we normally structure the show news first and then main discussion second basically but today we're gonna use the momentum that the panel and the trailer has given us and we want to focus on that first and get straight into the discussion around the anime and if you want to stick around till the end of the show we've got the the typical Shenmue news on the back end so hopefully you can stick around and listen to the whole of the show so let's get into it man so first up we're going to just have a brief mention of what happened at the trailer. If you haven't seen the trailer yet, you can head over to, just go on YouTube basically and wherever it's you listen everywhere. to this, yeah, if you're listening to this on YouTube, this particular podcast episode, it's you'll find trailers on our channel, trailers on Crunchyroll's channel, it, yeah, it's basically everywhere at the moment, I'm pretty sure <laughs> this, you probably have already seen it.
0: You'll if you're listening it. to
1: this, I'm pretty sure you've seen it. So yeah. let's have a quick deep dive into the trailer that we saw.
0: Right. Well, the first, the opening scene was obviously was the boat. Uh, Rio on the boat to Hong Kong, and he was stood on the boat with the, he had the envelope for Li Shao and he had the amulet which. Um, Nozomi gives him at the end of the game, and actually they're both quite a nice, accurate sort of recreation from the games. Actually, you almost look one to one. They look really, really good. Yeah. Um, I don't know, that boat's iconic, isn't it? Just seeing that boat on the sea going off, going off to Hong Kong, I don't know, just brought some chills down mm. down my spine. It was really interesting
1: cool. starting the trailer with that. That's like mm. the end of Shemu One. But, I mean, new fans probably aren't aware of that. You know, people seeing that trailer for the first time who are not familiar with the series, you know, that means nothing to them at that point. So that, you know, the Genpu sequence at the end of the Shenmue 1, Rio heading off to Hong Kong. Uh, yeah, interesting that they start the, the trailer with that regardless.
0: Yeah, it's a bold move, isn't it? Because, I mean, again, it sets the scene, doesn't it? Because obviously the actual trailer itself is quite action packed, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I will say they've they've kind of structured the trailer around the prophecy that they're going off. So obviously the prophecy starts with from a distant land across the sea. So to match that as they're talking about it, they've got the ship coming in from across the sea. So perhaps they were trying to sort of do a one to one with the the overall narrative that's going on throughout the trailer, which is Shenfoy reciting this Although restructured slightly, prophecy that we all know and love from the uh, the original games.
0: Yeah, and as, as a slight side point to to this, it shows how good this this trailer is when nobody's talking about the change in prophecy. That's true. And it's true. quite a substantial change.
1: Yeah, which we'll get to in a little bit. We've got. I've, I've actually pulled out. The Shemu 1 prophecy, the Shemu 2 prophecy, you've got the Shemu 3 prophecy, and we've got the brand new sort of redone prophecy in the yeah. trailer, mm-hmm. uh, so we're going to have a little chat about that later. But other than that, like Matt said, we saw the, the boat coming in at the start of the trailer. Um, other locations that we see in the trailer, we've got Rhea walking down what appears to be a street in Yokosuka somewhere, maybe... Sacredo or Debrita, it's just you just see his feet basically walking on tarmac, yeah. And then we've got it cuts to Rio in, and and this is an interesting one. I, I assume it's Rio, um, but he's a, a little bit younger, and it's that infamous martial arts tournament that we heard about a long time ago, where you know he infamously get is, is supposed to get his scar that he covers with a plaster from the scene. So it's it's really cool actually that they've t- they've taken. Elements from lore and story, or or, or or wherever you know the script sets possibly for the first game that didn't end up making it into the original game on the Dreamcast. I know we saw a little bit of bits and pieces from the Saturn trailer. If you if, if you guys remember that that was uh, included on Shenmue Two Xbox, we, where we had the the Shamu Saturn five minute trailer of how that looked, and that had scenes that weren't in the final game of Ryo talking to his dad. There's uh, some elements that were changed along the way, but yeah, it's it's what what you think of that them incorporating these sort of uh, elements that weren't in the game, like just to to flesh out the story even more, and maybe you know give a bit of a more of a backstory to what's going on as Rio as a character prior to him running home and finding his dad dead with Landy and all that sort of stuff that happens at the start of the main game.
0: It's a smart move in my mind. I mean, bearing in mind this is stuff that we've talked about for the best part of 20 years. So it sounds like to me that in sort of pre-production, they've had these discussions around how they want to structure the story and certain elements have come out of it in terms of things that have been talked about over years, like the martial arts tournament, like Rhea getting his scar. So it's a smart, smart move for us old school fans who have been waiting to see this stuff for 20 years. So instantly we are hooked. Instantly, we're like, hang on a second. This has been talked about in canon for years. Where's this come from? I don't know. It just it really sort of whets the appetite as to, to what's going to come from this, because we also don't know what they're going to include further down the line. Is the boat chapter going to be in, for example, briefly as, as one example? You know, that's been talked about again for 20 years and tease and and all the rest of it. I know we had that comic with the um, Xbox version of Shenmue 2, where obviously you sort of talked about it a bit more. But it was it, it's really good to see this sort of old stuff coming to the fore because it's the first time anybody's ever going to see it. And it's created a real sort of stir in the community. It's a massive talking point. And, yeah, I, I again, I was sort of speechless seeing it. And one thing I I, I think Switch was talking about this um, online earlier was Rio's martial arts guy's got, I think, Yokozuka on it or, yeah. or something like that. So it's obviously, yeah, you know, he's representing his school or area in that in that tournament, which is again, it sort of gives you a bit of background to his character that I don't think we got in 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 the original game, and it just makes makes sense to give you that background in terms of building Rio's character before everything happened, and then when everything obviously when a WoW dies, they can then sort of explore that change of character and what it does to him from an emotional standpoint as well. So I think. It's just a smart move. It really is.
1: Yeah, and it's 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 kind of nice for like old fans as well that you know we're we're all aware of the story at this point, you know. So a straightforward anime adaptation isn't bringing anything new to the park, but now this has got fans excited again because we are going to see different elements that we've we've spoken about for the last twenty years: the martial arts tournament, how Ryo got his scar, you know, like you say, potentially the boat chapter, and we also see different scenes occurring later in the trailer, which will get another good topic of debate for you know what we think is actually going on there. So a little bit further in the trailer, we've got Rio and Guizang fighting, and I was just kind of just stopping it a little bit to see if I could read the writing on the background crates. I, I paused it a little bit as Rio as, as Guizang's approaching Rio, and you can sort of see some figures of some people in the distance. I, I'm guessing Mad Angels. Yeah. And there's like a big, long crate... That I thought looked like it said "Mad Angels," but I'm seeing a B in there, so I'm not sure what that says. Uh, I wonder if there's any Easter eggs in this trailer that we haven't seen yet.
0: <laughs> Quite possibly. I mean, they did say in the panel there was going to be some Sega Easter eggs throughout the anime, and seeing that, seeing that sort of fight scene with Rio and Guizong, well, two things stood out for me actually is how well that fight scene's put looks like it's been put together. And secondly, I've I've got it paused here, is where Guizang punches Rio in the solar plexus. And if you've ever been punched in the <laughs> solar plexus, it hurts. And yeah. it hurts a lot. And you can see actually the impact on his t shirt. And it's yes, just that, that small that. amount of detail there that just makes you feel that sort of pain. And again, it's just so well put together. Yeah, and... it's kind of
1: left a, a circular imprint on his shirt. And actually when I paused on that scene, you can see the bodies a little bit closer up actually. Mm. so that could possibly be terry there i'm looking at and in the distance what's it saying on that crate it looks like a b a l o n and then there's something behind rio's leg but
0: i can't really make it out
1: it's about the 19th second mm. 18th second there but again i something
0: hmm. it looks um really again it just looks good it looks really well put together
1: yeah, the artwork's like really detailed, isn't it? Really, just stopping this trailer at different points and each scene here that I'm, I'm stopping on could could almost be like a animated poster kind of thing.
0: I mean, I, looking at it as a, as an overall theme, it's not too far away from the original artwork for the games. Actually, I think it's quite true. To obviously, it's it's got sort of a, a proper anime twist to the art style. Actually, yeah. it doesn't diverge too far away from what we're familiar with which is only a good thing for for people like us and obviously for new people coming in um you know it it stands up in terms of anime quality in terms of the way it's been drawn and animated and put together so i think look wise Hmm. i can't fault it
1: yeah it's got that kind of original kenji miyawaki artwork style uh, from back in the day Yeah, definitely definitely. seen on like the premiere mugs and whatnot that character concept art so moving on a little bit, Rio's looking at a sword in the dojo, or it could be his father's room actually. That I
0: think it's his father's room, you know, because there's bookcases in the back back left corner. Mm. There's bookcases in there, so I wonder if they've changed that up a tiny bit.
1: Yeah, Which so you got the katana from there, and I wonder if we'll go to the antique shop to get the sword handguard. But we see Rio inserting that into the wall where obviously he's going to get into the basement to find the Phoenix Mirror, and then it kind of switches to Bailu Village we've got. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is another location. But from the panel that we'll talk about a little bit later, but Yusuzuki did say that there's flashback scenes of Shenmue in Bailu Village. So just seeing Bailu Village here, it could be one of two things. I I, I don't think we're going to get all the way to Shenmue 3 to see Bailu Village. I think this is going to be maybe, I I think I said yesterday about it, it could, they don't have to focus on Rio. they could go off and explore a different character for five minutes of an episode, you know what I mean, introduce Shenhua, maybe she's in the Village talking to locals, uh, talking to her father, you know, before even all that kicks off kind of thing, That there's potential there, uh, they could introduce characters like that, or this could literally be, you know, how we get the dream sequences, Rio seeing Shenhua and Guilin in his dreams kind of thing, Possibly this could just be a flashback kind of scene like that, but what I will say is they've represented Shamu Three's Bailey Village to a T. You can see the path yeah. that winds down. You can see the bell tower. Uh, you know, I, I love that they've done that.
0: Yeah, you've got the fencing on the right hand side as well. So as you're walking towards the village down the path, in actual fact, I think it's nigh on identical that path into the village, um, which they've obviously had access to the shenmu 3 assets which you know makes perfect sense to do that why wouldn't you if that that assets there you, you absolutely use it i'm i'm just impressed how faithful that is in terms of the way that's been put together one thing i do notice about it i know it's nighttime but it feels less welcoming to me Bailu village I don't know. In Shenmue Three, the game, it feels welcoming. It feels like you're stepping home. Here, it feels a lot more mysterious. But that's just a personal sort of insight. Yeah. From, from me.
1: That could just be like the flashback kind of aspect to it. It's um, it's not clear yet because it's like you say, it's nighttime as well, and it's mysterious. There's there's like a mysterious element to that that kind of shot there, where it's like. What is this location? And obviously, we 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 don't find out till Shenmue three. So it it could be elements of like that sort of stuff where it's not welcoming at this point because it's you know into to to Shenhua in her home and she's you, you can see as like again following on for the prophecy, it's like written in the stars and she's actually looking up at the moon
0: mm. and you can see it's all glistening in her eyes as well, which I think is a really nice touch to it. And Shenhua, yeah. obviously. So as we're talking about it, she's in her traditional clothing that that we would remember. Obviously, it changed in Shenmue 3, but they've gone back to the um, original clothing. So that'd be mm. interesting, actually, if they get a second season, what they do with her clothing. But again, it's just a just a side point.
1: Yeah, I mean, they could be faithful to Shenmue 3 or they could even show a little bit in between coming out of the cave. Where yeah. maybe she changes clothes and then you know gives a bit more <laughs> reason <laughs> reasoning behind the the costume switch, but moving on from that, we do see we've got the the big stone mirrors, uh, and it kind of looks like Shenmue Three graphics here. Uh, like maybe there yeah. is supposed to be elements of CG that they've they've used.
0: You've taken you've taken the words out of my mouth here. It, it looks like a frame for frame, not rip, but you know what I'm saying. Recreation of the Shenmue Three intro.
1: Yeah, it
0: looks perfect.
1: So, again, that begs the question how far are we actually going to get through it with, with this anime? Are we going to get all the way to the end of Shenmue 2 in Guilin, where they're in the stone pit with the stone mirror carvings that are actually in the stone pit there. So, yeah, I mean, moving on from that, we start heading into the opening cutscene of Shenmue 1, the Iwao and Landy fight scene there, where Landy's kind of kicking the shit out of Iwao, and uh, Ryo's stood in the doorway with the, the men in black suits kind of thing, and his father's on the floor there. So we're going to get a, obviously a, a pretty accurate retelling of that opening cutscene.
0: Yeah, and actually, you look at it; a it looks quite brutal the way Landy like he beats the crap out of a well. It's it's not like I know it's not a contest in the game, but it's and it's really impactful here. And actually, one thing I did notice is as Rio breaks away from the men in the black suits, you can see the snow dropping. Or the rain possibly starting outside the dojo, which was a, which was a really nice touch. It shows he obviously looked at the source material and gone okay and, and recreated that. So that was nice.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that is snow. You've got you might have a, like a kind of crunchy winter opening scene like that we get from the the original game there. So that that'll be pretty cool. I, I do like like the art style. We'll we'll get into to this a little bit later, yeah. but um, just things like that, like little details like that. Uh, really nice and then moving on we can see what seems to be the the scar on the side of Rio's cheek there and it's actually bleeding he's in his typical leather jacket so this seems to be moved on slightly from if this was caused by the martial arts tournament or something else so where 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 do you expect this to to, to be this this bleeding on Rio's cheek here
0: Look, on first watch. And I I think I probably said this live. I thought Chai had given it him, but looking at this, and obviously going back to the original sort of lore around him getting the martial arts tournament, I'm wondering here because it cuts to the scene of his eyes, and his eyes narrowing like he's angry. So I'm wondering if he's bleeding, like, and Landy's done it, Mm. and like after the opening cutscene, yeah, and Wow's just died, and rather than sort of you know shouting no like he does in the game. That at that moment he, he he that's it that's his change of character, and that scar is almost that symbol of it. Yeah. I, again, I'm I'm just throwing it's a theory. I've got nothing to base it on, but that's just it could be that that way.
1: Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. I mean, there is a few slightly altered scenes that we do get to see a little bit later. we were halfway through the trailer here now, so it, it kind of flicks from that to Rio fighting some of the thugs in the harbor. Uh, he does some sort of swinging kick, and he's he's inside one of the warehouses. And I think you can see Tony and Smith in the background yeah. there, with the yeah. you know the, the pink top and the you know the green top of Tony or Smith or the other way around. I can't,
0: I can't remember which way around <laughs> it is.
1: And then it it cuts to Terry, and he's uh, these these all these mad angels behind him. So seemingly we're going to get like a seventy man battle kind of. Um, Fight scene breaking out, which is going to be cool to see how that translates to animation.
0: I tell you what, that that scene and Terry, Terry looks really threatening, doesn't he? Yeah, like, he does. He I looked... love
1: the clothes that they've you know they've matched it identical. Yeah, this big necklace, skull chain thing with wings. It's uh, <laughs> very cool. It's
0: well done, very well done. It, that scene just feels threatening, and all the guys behind him. Yeah, uh, there's I think a couple of them have got baseball bats and everything in the background as well, and he just. That scene just feels like it's gonna be a good one. If it but at the same time, you can feel that threat behind it. But again, it's a it strikes a darker tone. I think
1: mm. a bit more adult kind yeah. of than you know. I mean, the games are, I think, R rated or well, perhaps not that high, but you know, the teen, or whatever, based ratings on on the games. But actually, they're quite you know not that brutal are they? There's, you, you don't see any blood, you know, and and the, the themes aren't too strong in the games. Whereas, like you say, this is more of like a, a dark sort of serious tone and, um, the, you know, there is impact on some of the punches and bleeding on Rio's cheek, etc. Um So, yeah. Uh, just mentioning quickly that the Mad Angels behind Terry, they don't look like the original, like they've no. not one-for-one one copied every single character from Shamu. They were kind of like throwaway characters anyway. You literally just beat them, and then that's it. So, uh, yeah, I just thought that was interesting that they've um, they're almost a bit more generic, aren't they? Than
0: yeah, and and that's okay. At the end of the day, it, they're not going to play a massive role in 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 the story going forward, other than to get beaten up. So, I, I, I yeah, it just mm-hmm. needs must, and there's no issue with it.
1: And then the trailer goes into what we were talking about a little bit there. This event doesn't actually take place in the games, so this is an interesting one. So, this is Chai and Ryo fighting in the Hazuki Dojo. Chai, we know, never really reaches Ryo's home even, so I wonder if they've changed something here, or, uh, you know, he's, he's not got his plaster on in the scene either, and this is where his cheek's still bleeding here. So, uh, like you were saying earlier, that you thought that perhaps maybe Chai had caused this this scar again, or uh, maybe it wasn't the martial arts tournament where Rio got his scar. It's 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 an interesting one here where they're taking this. I don't know.
0: I don't know. It's, it, it's interesting how how they're sort of structuring this because could it be the arcade fight and it it's um, Chai's contreras home? The second potential opportunity could be obviously where you fight Guizang in in um, on the way home through. Um, yeah, uh, Sakuro Joker.
1: Yeah, maybe he follows him home, you mean.
0: But yeah, because he's on the roof, isn't he? So maybe he follows him home and thought, right, I'm going to try and get some information out of him here. And then the fight's disturbed that way, possibly. Yeah, I, I, I wonder if
1: they're going to make that scene where he gets his scar then, because that's they make a point of showing that on Rio's face in the scene. So Yeah. It's
0: interesting. I mean it could well be Chai. I just again I was just sort of spitballing the idea that maybe Landy gave it to it. It's again, yeah. though, this is, it's an open book, isn't it? It's open to interpretation. And what I want from this anime is that it follows a Shenmue story, but it's a different interpretation of it. And I mm-hmm. think they've they've sort of they've got that in abundance here for me.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, and then we're kind of greeted next by the the Rio and Nozomi bike scene, and they're just heading through the big tunnel there. Yeah. Uh, heading back towards Dubuita. So that's cool to see. So that's just after he's rescued Nozomi from the Mad Angels. So, I mean, the, the so far up until this point, the, the trailer's mostly been Shemu 1 sort of footage. Yeah. And then we get a, a brief glimpse of the, the brazier sort of. The the fire from the the stone pit, you know, where Rio inserts the mirror, and then all the the flames kick off, and brazier things are like lit and and whatnot. So again, interesting. If we're going to get that far into the story, or that's, I don't know, is that just a tease? I don't know.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's interesting if it is just a tease, and they don't go that far. That means mm. they have assets for season two.
1: Yeah, totally. And then we've got a, a little scene in what looks like a heartbeats bar that scene where rio walks in and starts a bit of a fight with some of the sailors in there gets hit by well don't think he gets hit by the chair but they swing the chair at him and then that's kind of the end of the trailer it kind of um it brings up the this new iconic sort of art, artwork that they're going for here with rio and landy on the rooftop of what appears to be kowloon the top of the yellowhead building
0: looks good looks really look very good really crisp and polished and it i mean it raises that question of are they going to move the landy fight to the rooftop could it could it also be uh, imagery taken from the dojo fight with landy at the start of the game where rio obviously goes to defend his father and landy just completely destroys him and they've just sort of put it there as a sort of a bit of a promo shot. Um,
1: yeah, because it's a still image. It's not like um, we get footage of this happening on the rooftop. It's just like a still, still image that you're kind of using as a promotional artwork. So, I mean, yeah, take that as you are, whether or not that's going to actually be in the anime, a fight scene there. I, I mean, I, I did raise the point that perhaps it could be one of those moments you get sometimes in films and stuff where it's not actually happening. It's like... Rio's just imagining that, so perhaps we could get it where Landy's on the helicopter and he looks up at him, the stare down, and then it it looks like he's fighting him on the rooftop all of a sudden, but it's kind of his imagination of like, you know, this is kind of what I want, I wish I could fight him, but you can't kind of thing. Or maybe Landy's just a bit more of a badass in in the anime series and he he jumps off the ladder as a fight with Rio and, you know, and then leaves uh, towards Guilin leaving him, you know, obviously he's going to defeat Rio and carry on. I don't know. What 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 do you think? Is you're going to have like a fight with Landy and Landy's going to realise he's, he's getting a little bit better. Uh, obviously, in, you know, in Shenmue 3, we get the, the, the actual fight with Landy and he's impressed by how how his martial arts have come on yet, but yet he's still not good enough to even lay a punch on Landy. I,
0: I were I, I, If they do it there, I think they're rushing it because, I mean, in the games, it's what... The games start in November, and then you wake up in December, early December, and then Shenmue 3, if you start from just like fresh, having obviously, well, you start from fresh anyway, so you can't carry save, but you know what I mean. It's yeah. March time, isn't it? So you've sort of gone sort of five, six months in game time by the time you hit Landy in the end of Shenmue 3. So for Rio to have a fight with Landy and sort of impress him That quickly, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me, but I could see them fighting. I could see them moving the fight scene to the rooftop for for sort of a dramatic effect, but I don't know what value it would have at that point to say that Rio started to make gains in his martial arts because, for example, what I don't want them to do there is counter-argo assault and he lands a hit on Landy because he's been nowhere near him. Yeah. But again, we'll see. That's just again, it's a personal opinion. But i I think it would be too soon if Rio could even get near him.
1: Yeah, I mean, the trailer is all like fighting scenes, so it's whether oh, yeah. the the kind of going down that. I don't necessarily say like the whole series is going to be like quite action based, but maybe the the artificially adding in extra fights that didn't take place in the game to to kind of make each episode have some sort of a battle element to it um, i suppose that you know there could be otherwise there'd be episodes where nothing particularly happens if you know they're, they're kind of covering some of the major facts in the series
0: i mean if you if, you, if, you, if you're streamlining it down because i mean we'll talk about the panel later on in terms of how they've sort of done it but it's, it's going to follow the story in a much more linear way with some bits breaking off like slice of life in, in yakuza and hong kong and the rest of it so you're thinking about the fights that you do have in Shenmue One. You've obviously got the sort of the, the first QTE with Anoki and his mate. Um, you've got Heartbeats, obviously, which we talked about. You've got the fight uh, with Rio defending Mizomi. You've got the fight in the car park at the arcade when he's looking for Charlie and looking for the sailors and all the rest of it. Uh, you then have the fight the next morning after you find Charlie. So that's five fights already. And then you got to the, get to the harbor, and there's a lot more fights. So, I mean, in the game, there's qu- actually quite a few fights, but they're interdispersed by other bits and pieces, aren't they? So, if you take out yeah. the other bits and pieces and only include little bits of them, then you could quite easily have a battle, an episode, or more. Quite, quite honestly, because I suspect because this is 13 episodes, and they're going to do Shenmue One, and for what we're led to believe, quite a lot of Shenmue Two. So you're going to get a lot of, lot of fighting in this, I suspect.
1: Yeah, that's that's a good point. When you think of it like that, I mean, even when you're at the harbour doing the forklift job, each day there's an event, as it were, you know, like the, even at the, like the night time, there's that motorbike scene with the thugs a couple of times harassing the homeless man. And then bits throughout the day where Rio enters a, a warehouse on his forklift and, nice taxi you got here. <laughs> there's, there's a few fights like that. So, yeah, there's, there's plenty of fighting in the series already. And obviously you've got the big 70-man battle, which is probably going to be like sort of mid-season. I mean, we could talk about this if you'd like, that we know that there's 13 episodes and one of the p- parts of the panel was a guy was saying that they've, they've structured it to be like half Japan, half Hong Kong. So that's seemingly like what Peter was saying in the previous episode where... You Could have six episodes set in Japan, yeah, with your mid season sort of finale, which is you know potentially the 70 man battle with Terry. Um, before Rio ends up get, going like that, we saw at the start of the trailer on the ship across to Hong Kong, and then that starts the second half of the series where it's mostly going to be Hong Kong focused all the way up to potentially Kowloon because we see the rooftop scene here with the promotional artwork uh, with Rio and Landy, and then that's kind of like. Maybe your 13th episode finale of the season, perhaps Rio and Landy fine in this ultimate showdown on the rooftop. And they've, they've kind of like altered the script slightly to have that just so there's then a finale to the series, like mm-hmm. a big finale. This is like the big fight with Landy, and obviously Rio will end up losing and Landy will head off to Guilin. And then that could be where your cliff anger is for the season, perhaps. Um, so that, that'll be interesting to see how they actually structure episode by episode in the future. We'll get to that when the show's actually, actually released. So let's have a quick recap then. So from the trailer, locations we've got Yokosuka, the harbour, warehouses, Rio's home, dojo, a tournament place, the rooftop perhaps in Kowloon. You've got a little bit of Bali village and the stone pit. So that's confirmed so far from the trailer. Um, we haven't actually seen much of Hong Kong, uh, Aberdeen, you know those sort of places. So I, I I'm, I'm sure we will we will get bits and pieces, especially like Mamo Temple. Like they've got to kind of it's that's got to be somewhere, yeah.
0: It's a huge part of the game, isn't it? I think like with meeting um, Meijiuing or Tao, depending on how you know, how you remember yeah. the games and that, that that whole thing, that whole segment of the of the game is quite important. So I'd be very very surprised if that didn't pop up anytime soon.
1: Yeah. And then characters confirmed so far that we saw in the trailer. We've got obviously Ryo, Guizang, Shenhua, Landy, Wow. We've got the men in black suits in that opening cutscene. And we've got plenty of thugs. Uh, Tony and Smith seem to be in there in the background along with Terry. And there's like 70-man battle, mad angels, those sort of characters. Uh, We've got Chai and we've got Nozomi that we saw on the bike very briefly. And <laughs> last one I've put is the his name's Jones Henders and that's the guy that swings the chair in the Heartbeats Bar. <laughs> um, he doesn't quite look like the same guy, but that is who the guy is in the in the actual game. So interesting. So just brief rundown again of the event. So we've got the ferry leaving of Hong Kong, martial arts tournament, dojo fight. Rio and Guizang having a little fight. So that's like was that later on perhaps that we saw that scene there where he's just before. You know, where Terry tells him to beat up his son. I
0: think that's it. I think that's later yeah. on, just okay. before the 70-man battle, looking at it anyway.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of how, how the trailer is structured as well, because you've got the 70-man battle with Terry next. And then it skips to the chai and the dojo. Rio messing with the basement. Shenfo on by the village. Rio and Izumi on the bike thing, like we just said. And it re- ends with the Rio and Landy rooftop. Well, there's a little bit after that where it just shows off some of the fighting that's going to be in there like there's a, a nice little scene of rio throwing a guy to the floor so i'm going to ask you then man what do you think about the animation style oh that we've seen question. from the trailer do you that's think it question. looks i mean I, I don't know if you've seen other animes previously but do you think it's on par or better I mean, or
0: my anime ref you know sort of experience is isn't massive my wife is into anime a lot more than me she like watches all the studio gilby stuff and mm. She's really into that sort of stuff. Um, but for me, the animation style looks really, really good. I know they were saying that CG and sort of drawn and drawn characters is a bit of a controversial subject in anime. But I think it works really, really well here. Actually, I think it sets the scenes nicely, um, and it allows for the for the main action to sort of pop up off the screen for me. And I think the characters, the way they've been drawn it's very typical anime style, but I don't think that, like I said earlier, I don't think it strays too far away in terms of the main characters from the original artwork. So I think it's quite a faithful recreation of, of the Shenmue characters, but with an anime lens to it. And I have no complaints whatsoever. I think it looks really, really good.
1: Yeah. And I suppose the point about like the CG, I mean, it's based on a video game. So yeah, in a way that doesn't, Particularly matter too much if they want to use CG elements in the in the game to flesh out what they were saying about Kowloon and all the buildings and that sort of stuff around there. And we've seen that the the Stone Mirror replicas. It looks like they've used CG it almost looks like the the actual Shenmue three game footage that they used they, they they've used there which you know they they can
0: it wouldn't shock me it wouldn't shock me because they the, the mirrors just look like it and the, the the shots they've used i mean you can quite easily in unreal just get the free cam and do some bits you know do some different shots and different lenses and filters and stuff but it looks so like comparative one to one that it just wouldn't surprise me if they just borrowed a little bit of that footage and done some work on it to sort of make it fit the anime a bit. But again, no no issue with it.
1: No, and if they are including like little CG sort of stuff there, at least, you know, they've got uh, the game kind of footage to work with as well. Yeah, uh, they can apply definitely. animation tactics on top of uh, original CG, probably from Shamu 3 maybe. Yeah. So obviously throughout the trailer, we're hearing a voice of Shenfue, at first, we weren't actually, we, we didn't, I we didn't click. click. Yeah, we yeah, didn't I click didn't at all. It, it. it sounded like a little bit of a different voice than Brianna's interpretation of Shenmue from Shenmue 3. But actually, upon extra playthroughs of this trailer and listens and stuff, it kind of, I don't know if it was just just listening on different headphones. Like um, when, we, when we play in the trailer for the first time, I've got these headphones that I've got on now and they're quite like bassy. Uh, sort of thing so maybe Shemfar's voice sounded a bit deeper at the time and I, I, it didn't really com- compute going into my ears that that was Bri- Brianna but upon hearing it just on my phone and just watching it loads of times now I, I, I actually think I agree with you you were saying about you're about 99% sure now that it sounds like Brianna.
0: Yeah I I put a lot of money on it Um she sounds different in tone and in delivery so obviously that's been directed to be a, a different way to obviously the games were that's not a bad thing I know that the English dub in the games has obviously divided opinion over a long long time so and the anime is a different take on it so it's absolutely going to be directed in a different manner bring it on I think she sounds really really good as Shenhua there actually and if that transferred into a fourth Shenmue game I'd be I'd be more than happy because I think she sounds really really good and actually as a side point the Japanese dub is also out there for people who of the, of the first look trailer so if you haven't heard that go and listen to it because Haruka Terui excuse me butchering her name she's probably going <laughs> to hunt me down now um <laughs> Uh, She is the voice actress for Shenhua and Shenmue 3, is also the voice of Shenhua in um, the Japanese dub of the trailer. So it sort of fits into that interview that happened early on in this sort of cycle. I think it was late 2020 or early this year. They talked about the potential cast, and I know they said they wanted to bring the core voice actors back, which we know they've obviously done that for Shenhua, which is fantastic. Corey obviously has seen the trailer and tweeted a pair of eyes at it. Read into that, what you will, but I'll I'll leave my theories on the table, shall we say? Yeah.
1: See, that's an interesting one because that's kind of like the Cedric Biscay tease, isn't it? There with the yeah the two eyes. It's um yeah it's it's, it's a strange one with Corey because I've sat in his streams recently when he you know he's he's playing even when he wasn't playing Shenmue, he plays different games sometimes on his streams although he hasn't done one for a few weeks now but. The last time I was in there, people were asking him if he's heard anything about the anime, and he seemed genuine when he was saying no, but, I mean, obviously, if he's contracted to sign NDAs to not speak about the series or his involvement, so he's obviously not going to say on his stream, you know, yeah, I'm involved. No, Um, no. So secretly, he could have just been keeping that under wraps, and we we wouldn't be any, any the wiser. So, I mean, going into the series, just from how he was reacting to people's comments... Asking him, I would have said that Corey hadn't, you know, I'd I'd have believed how he sounded. He sounded quite genuine that he hadn't heard, and he was saying like, you know, please keep being vocal about me coming back, kind of thing. He's <laughs> so, but then seeing seeing that the the, t- the tweet with the eyes there, I'm kind of on the fence now. I feel like he probably will come back, and especially if they recast Brianna, it yeah. kind of makes sense because they're looking to go down the the game recast route rather than getting a a fresh set of actors. Although Brianna works in a sense because she was already quite involved with a lot of anime productions. Yeah, she knows that's where most of her, her work actually is, actually.
0: She's huge in anime. She's one of the bigger names actresses out there. Her, her work sort of body speaks for itself in anime, actually. So getting her back. I always thought she might come back for this. I always had that in the back of my mind. Mm. I, I wasn't too sure with Corey. Obviously, we haven't got anything confirmed yet.
1: Even Brianna, I don't think is confirmed. Has she on Twitter? I'd, I've no, still haven't no. seen a tweet from her about it, but
0: maybe we should ask her. Um But <laughs> is this you? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if she'd even be allowed to say. To be fair, but um I, I think... mean, if it if it's not, then they sound awfully like her. Put it that way.
1: Yeah, but like I say, it's it's more of a deeper take of Shemfar. Nice. She and you know, in chemmy three, she was quite. She was at a higher tone than that anyway, and, and, and in this, whether it's just the retelling of the prophecy, which we're going to get into in a second, make of this of what you will. So let's do that now, actually, while we're talking about this, because it just kind of makes sense. So in front of me, I've got the manuals for the original two games on the Dreamcast, and they've both got their prophecies um, slightly reworded, perhaps, depending on... I don't know if it's translation at the time. Um, maybe, you know, if they get different people to translate the Japanese, they kind of interpret the, the prophecy in, in a different manner when it goes into English. But we've already kind of had three slightly different takes of it throughout the game. So I'll start with the first one here. So this is Shemu One's prophecy that's inside the, the actual Dreamcast manual. He shall appear from a far eastern land across the sea. A young man who has yet to know his potential. This potential is a power that could either destroy him or realise his will. His courage shall determine his fate. The path he must traverse fraught with adversity. I wait whilst praying. For this destiny predetermined since ancient times. Waiting in anticipation. A dragon emerges from the earth. As ominous clouds fill the sky. A phoenix descends from the heavens, trailing purple from its wings. The pitch black night unfolds with the morning star as its only light, and thus the saga begins. And then Shemu 2, this is the prophecy we got from that. From a distant land in the east, across the sea he shall appear. He does not know the strength hidden deep within him, a strength that could destroy him, a strength that can fulfill his wishes. When he is ready, he shall seek me, and we shall walk the rocky path together. I will wait this encounter has been my destiny since ancient times a dragon shall emerge from the earth and dark clouds shall obscure the heavens a phoenix shall descend from above its wings will create a purple wind in the midst of the pitch-black night and a single star shall shine alone
0: interesting cuz that's quite a change from that is one, quite a change actually one two, from 1 actually. to 2 and i don't know if that's translation or just they've changed it up slightly because I've got the Shenmue 3 one here. And actually, what you've just read from Shenmue 2 isn't too far off of what Shenmue mm-hmm. 3's is. I'm going to read it out now. So this is from Shenmue 3. It's the start of the um, game, if you let it obviously go into the demo screens, or if you, um, when you leave Bailu Village, actually, she says it here as well. So from a distant land in the east, from across the sea, he shall appear. He does not know of the strength hidden within him the strength that would destroy him, the strength that would fulfill his wishes. When he is ready, he shall seek me out and we will brave together the rocky path. It's a little different there. Mm-hmm. I shall wait. This encounter has been my destiny since ancient times. A dragon shall emerge from the earth and dark clouds shall obscure the heavens. A phoenix shall descend from above. Its wings shall create a purple wind. In the midst of the pitch night, a morning star shall glisten
1: alone. See to me that sounds like how I hike you know if I, if someone asked me to recite the prophecy I probably would recite it like that
0: I just wonder it's because it's the most recent one we've heard but that one from yeah. Shenmu 2 to Shenmu 3 you could argue translation because yeah. it's not too dissimilar
1: not too dissimilar, then, Yeah that then, that original one actually that I read from the Shenmu 1 was Really different. I, I don't, yeah, I don't remember it being like that, actually. So well, that's just something that's in the manual, and then it's not like that in the game. But I I'm think... thinking of the, you know, right at the end of the game, yeah, like the, the, the bloke.
0: Like, yeah.
1: <laughs> so.
0: Reads it out. But then, obviously, Shenfire in, the, in the anime trailer is reading the prophecy, and this is really different. Mm.
1: Um, so
0: just have a listen to this one. So, coming across the sea from a distant land in the east, he shall appear. A young man unaware of his own strength. A strength then can both destroy him and bring his dreams to fruition, as it is written upon the stars from long, long ago. A dragon will rise from the earth, conjuring dark clouds to blot out the heavens. A phoenix will descend from above, delivering purple wind with the flap of its wings. Yet, as even as the sky is devoured by darkness, a single morning star radiates its bright light. The long, winding tale shall now begin. That is really different, isn't it?
1: <laughs> it's funny, actually, because obviously that's quite an iconic line, that last one, like, and thus the saga begins. And we've nah. got, <laughs> and and now the long, winding story Tale, begins yeah. or something. Yeah. Uh,
0: do you know, if I'm being hypercritical of it, and this is me being hypercritical, I just think, and thus the saga begins, has more of an impact at yeah. the end of that. I see why they've changed it up, because I think it's a bit more. I don't know it feels a bit more westernized in some respects. I don't think it's a translation issue. I think they've they've chosen to change this prophecy up and if I ever get anybody on on the interview series, I'm gonna ask them.
1: yeah, it seems like they've they've you know it can't be a one to one translation, and that that's the 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 end result that's come out because it's just so different, like a completely different structure of the sentences and words and stuff. Yeah. It could just be like they've rewritten it to make it sound a bit more impactful, perhaps. Obviously there's a different team behind the story of the animation and perhaps they've rewritten it to make it fit. Maybe, maybe they re- rewrote it just to fit the trailer even because the, like I said, the the way they'd structured the trailer is like what she's saying at that point is kind of matching this on the screen kind of thing. But it's one of those, I mean, I don't mind them taking a few liberties if... No, um, I don't. You I know, don't. As long as it isn't like an oversight, and that is literally someone's made a big mistake on the translation and they <laughs> haven't even looked at the original source material, but I think someone's going to have to have come across a document yeah. that had the original prophecy, whether or not then into English they've mistranslated it. I don't know. It's
0: I don't know. I do, it seems too far away in terms of the word, the sentence structure, to be... A mistake it seems deliberate from Shenmue 2 to shenmi 3 definitely the, the way they read you you can see that's translation and there's just some you know differences in translation from from shenmi 3's prophecy to this prophecy bearing in mind the english is everywhere yeah you can get hold of the, you, youtube it, it's around yeah it says to me this is a deliberate change but it the quality of the trailer overshadows this so much so that nobody's even talking about it (laughs) that's true so uh, we're bringing it up because we're we're going into a deep dive but you look at the comments on social media i haven't seen one about the prophecy
1: no and i think that is like you say due in part to the trailer can so good but also for the fact that it still makes sense you know it's not like some of the translation errors we got in Shenmue 3 where it's like you know that's where we got the scroll, you know, and it's it, yeah. doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It still makes perfect sense. And, in fact, you know, it, it, it sounds pretty badass the way she's, she's saying some of the things like that, so you don't mind as much. No. And I don't think no. it stands out as much because it is still pretty much a retelling of the prophecy, whether or not it's the exact same word in you know, as Begg's begs the question of why but it doesn't necessarily change the narrative it doesn't necessarily no, sound no, okay. like they've made mistakes and you know the it's going to be a bad translation a bad dub uh, it's just just a different take on the the same wording so I'm, yeah. I'm okay with that
0: i'm cool with it i think yeah it doesn't change anything of the story exactly what they were getting at no issues no issues for me at all
1: Okay, cool. So just before we move on to the music break, I'm just going to quickly mention that there is a brand new Shenmue the Anime Japanese website, and there's actually a Twitter account that's gone up at the same time. So I'm not quite sure why they're using this brand new Twitter account rather than the one that they were using like a year ago, or whether this is like an English twitter account and then this is a brand new japanese twitter account i'm not too sure
0: possibly it's a bit odd isn't it i mean that's yeah. what you said you said to me earlier probably lost the login details or something because they, they they've be. tweeted out they <laughs> tweeted out five times off of that original account from last year and this new one's i think tweeted out five times in a day
1: yeah so so the new account if you if you guys want to follow it, it is legit it is the official one so it's at shenmu underscore anime maybe it's just because the first time around they were using like a full the full word animation weren't they or yeah maybe, maybe it just sounds uh, more popular maybe
0: they just needed wanted to change it or like you say it could just be because they want a japanese one as well and they're going to work in tandem I, I don't know but
1: could be i'm looking actually now the first one actually got verified as well so it's we think they would want to use that one so the first one was just at shenmu anime so mm. it's even a better name really than at Shemu underscore anime so yeah, maybe they, maybe they're just using both. Maybe one of them is the English version and one of them is the Japanese one. And uh, someone's still yet to log in the the old English one and repost the trailer, I don't know.
0: <laughs> Quite possibly. And then, as you've just mentioned, there's also the website now. Um, this didn't exist before. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's in Japanese, um, although Google Translate does a reasonable job at translating it over. So I'd be interested to see what's added to it. Um, yep. If you go onto the website itself, it's got the, um, the rooftop Poster with uh, Landy and Rio there. So uh, cool!
1: I'd so love that amazing. as an actual poster.
0: Badass. Uh, yes. Yeah, so if anybody's listening, Jason DeMarco, Adult Swim, Crunchyroll, Sega, whoever you are, make that a poster.
1: Yeah. Easy money. Like a nice. Easy nice money. big B two poster. One. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Easy money. um The website is uh, shenmu-anime.jp. If you want to go yeah. and visit it, and we'll put the link in the um in the descriptions wherever you pick up your podcasts.
1: And we never got an, an English website for the trailer or anything, did we? For the for the anime, sorry,
0: not that I'm aware of. For yeah. the time so of reporting, that's
1: seemingly the only official website for the anime at the moment. Yeah. Okay, brilliant. So. Let's have a quick music break before we move into a a short discussion on the panel. We're going to get into some of the details there, what we found out at the time. And just fitting because of that image of Rio and Landy on the rooftop, I'm going to play the the rooftop music that plays at the end of Shenmue 2 on the rooftop there. So enjoy. (laughs) Okay, welcome back. That was the rooftop music from Shenmu2, and we're gonna move now briskly into what happened on the actual Shenmu anime panel that played before the, the actual trailer that we got. Um this was live, well semi-live, bit of a long story into that, but basically we um <laughs> we assume that if you paid twenty dollars, you got a ticket to this live event and it was actually just a, a free VOD on the the website so we will link that in the description you can watch this panel if you're interested in catching up on uh, what was actually discussed but we're going to go and break it down as well for you right now so this was at the the new york comic Con. there was a moderator guy uh, who matt's going to pronounce his name for you in a moment <laughs> who, um, he interviewed yusuzuki chikara and yu Zono, was it oh and um, joseph cho as well yeah, that's right. Yeah, so obviously Chikara Sakurai is the director. You, Kiziyo, he, he, he
0: was a producer.
1: Producer, and Joseph Cho is a producer at a different place? Is he From Solar Entertainment?
0: Solar, Solar Entertainment, yeah.
1: Okay. Do we know of these latter two people, are they involved in anything else that we should be aware of, or...?
0: I've, I I must admit, I've only done a very quick sort of Google on it. I mean, both of them are anime veterans. So Mm -hmm. they know what they're doing, is probably the way I could put it. But I haven't done too much research I haven't had the time to. Um, But um, I'd happily speak to either of them (laughs) about their role.
1: Did they both speak English, or was it just that Joseph guy? That Joseph
0: speaks fluent English. I don't I don't think the others do, unfortunately, but it doesn't mean we can't work around it.
1: Yeah, and so the moderator who was...
0: Oh, you're asking me to pronounce his name. <laughs> Ify Nwadawe. I had good to job. watch the video about four or five times to make sure I didn't butcher his name, so apologies <laughs> if you hear this.
1: I think you did a good job there. That sounded right. Iffy Nwadawe, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so... Matt, if you want to go through some of this, so what was actually talked about at this panel?
0: So it was a probably about twenty-minute panel ish, all in with the trailer at the end, and as, as James has sort of said, it was a pre-recorded thing. I think it was. It looked like it was done over something like a Discord or, or Teams or whatever, Zoom or something. Yeah, yeah, um, and they talk about sort of a broad range of subjects. And I, I've watched watched this back and taken some sort of keynotes for it so i'll sort of go into it in some brief detail but again it's, the link will be in the description if you want to watch it in its entirety and it is well worth watching because it talks about some good stuff so opens up they're all introduced and the first question goes to yuzuki himself and the, the moderator sort of comments around the rich history of shenmue and he's in the question is he asks yuzuki how does it feel to be able to tell the story you want completely because obviously in games it's slightly different and it's quite a short answer from you himself, actually. He said obviously, as we know, Shenmue's a grand story, but it's hard to tell it all through a game. And the anime is much more accessible and he can't wait to see it air. And sometimes the games can be hard to access. So it's quite a quite a short answer there.
1: Yeah. So you think he's you think he's coming from these new fans kind of thing? He's he's saying like new fans might struggle to get into these old games, perhaps he's thinking of Shenmue One and Two. Yeah, um, You know, with the tank control kind of style. And I suppose it's a little bit harder to get into that if they're used to other games, I suppose. So he's, he's trying to say that like, the anime might be a bit more accessible.
0: Yeah, and they actually talk a little bit more about it as you go sort of further in into the panel itself. So they quickly move into the next question, which is around the history and the fan base. And I thought this was a really interesting question. Um, this question went to Suzuki and Chikura Sakurai. And they were talking about how do you balance um, mm. the, the desire to bring in new fans, because this is the whole point of the anime, to bring in new people, but also to appease the, the what I think they described as the sort of the, the hardcore long-term fan base. And this is where Yuzuzuki sort of talks a bit more about the game. He says, obviously, the games are fun, but they, they can be considered a bit clumsy. Um, the younger generation or new players might find some of it a bit stressful Mm. but anime doesn't operate like games um you can convey a message to anime a lot lot faster and there's lots of potential here to get new people into shenmue games etc because you can sort of skip the fluff i think what yuzuki was getting at essentially the stuff that i know we all quite like but for someone coming into the series for the first time might be not turned off by it, but we might not quite get those little intricacies. So the anime is a lot more direct, essentially.
1: So just thinking to that point, would you say... I know we're different, different mindset, but say if role was reversed and our first introduction to the series was the anime, and then you find out there's this game that's open world, 40 hours, massive. You can talk to all the characters you've seen in the anime in great more detail. Going from the anime... That would seem quite exciting, right? So if you've got into the story and you've really enjoyed watching the anime series, and then you know you find out that you can actually go even deeper in the games and actually speak to specific characters and find out what's their daily lives are like and all that sort of stuff, that seems quite exciting for a, a new fan, right?
0: Yeah, and it's exactly how they're selling it. At the end of the day, yeah. they're selling the probably one of the core elements of Shenmue, which is what well, is is its story. Actually, yeah, it's a big, big element. Obviously, we have the slice of life stuff in, in Shenmue. We have all the bits and pieces around it. But it is a story-driven game at the end of the day. And what the anime is allowing it to do is to focus in on that story with some bits and pieces around it. And Shikura sort of came in at this point, actually, and said the story has so much depth within the game. And we know it does across all three games. I know it varies from game to game and all the rest of it. The Shenmue story is vast. We know that. So making the game into an anime obviously had its challenges because they've got to look at the story, and they also got to look about the world building in the anime because as we know in Shenmue, all three games, the worlds feel like they're lived in, they're breathing. It's the whole point of it. It's part of the charm, and they talk about how they went about doing that, and they wanted to portray Japan from twenty to thirty years ago. They didn't want to make it too real because they want to get their message across, but they want to strike a balance between sort of. Fact and fiction, almost, and there's lots of thoughts within this. Also, how to depict Rio and his struggle and his emotions, and which is why they wanted to create this anime and make it a a visual sort of TV program because they felt they could depict Rio's path well through through um, anime, which is really good. Mm -hmm. And then they move sort of onto the history of with Shenmue, and Chikura sort of answers this, and I, I mean I'll. I'll answer it very briefly because it's, it's an answer a lot of others have actually come across that long story short, he knew of Shenmue it was in all the gaming magazines back in the day, but he didn't buy it because he had no money. Uh, went, he went to shops to like look at the magazines that were talking about it. He had a friend who had the game, so he would, would play it with his friend. Um, but as sort of life went on, he never actually picked it up. Then, um, he got asked, years and years later, to direct the anime, yes. um, having never played the game. And he said it was an interesting offer, but he's really happy that he has been asked to um, to do it.
1: I bet he wishes he could go back in time and uh, pick the game up now. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, well, he may well have done since. We, you know, That's know, true, part, I suppose you to probably just
1: hand, hand one copy to him or something. Uh, play yeah, play this. Digital code. <laughs> is, I mean, it back. is on offer at the moment, isn't it? It's like a five or something. Yeah, so... <laughs>
0: I mean, it's funny, isn't it? He's never played it, but in actual fact, in some respects, that could be a good thing, because you're coming at it with a fresh pair of eyes as well. It's a fresh take, which, again, I think this anime has to be. It has to be a, a fresh take, but not going too far away from the source material, but
1: mm.
0: it was interesting. So the next question came up. Um, this is to Joseph Chu, who is a director at Solar Entertainment, who are linked to Telecom, who are the animation studio, who are making this thing. And they said, the question was, obviously, Joseph, you're not new to video game adaptations. He's done one before, although they didn't state what it was. And they want to know a little bit about the process around translating a game to anime, which is a fair question. It's a question I think we all had. Yeah, And he said, obviously, it's not the first time he's done it, but it's the first time he had a game that had a creator that's synonymous with the games, which we all know Yuzuzuki and Shenmue will be intrinsically linked until the end of time. But he said this, that Shenmue is story-driven. It's perfect for anime, absolutely perfect for anime. And this is where it gets exciting. He said there's elements that can be expanded upon. There's lots of narrative that can be driven forward. He said the biggest challenge they had is to stay faithful to the source, the source material, but also um, adding in things that you need to be able to t- tell the story in a series format. So what do you keep? What do you cut? What do you expand mm-hmm. upon, etc.? Yeah. He said he loved having Yu Suzuki involved because he was there step by step all the way. Um, there are going to be some new stories and bits and pieces that aren't in the games. Um obviously we know that from seeing the trailer, we see the karate tournament, we see Rio Scar as well, and how he gets that, which is trying the dojo
1: possibly or yeah yeah.
0: this is lore that we've been talking about for 20 years and he made an interesting comment here that there's literally hundreds of hundreds of thousands of pages of backstory of things that aren't in the game but some of it has made made into the anime and it was a fun process going through what they wanted to put in and how they wanted to sort of flesh it out so it sounded really exciting
1: i could see that being a fun process for you as well because obviously hasn't actually worked with the original games since you know back in the day so having to revisit the stories and um, you know if he's going through the scripts and looking at his old artwork and stuff, maybe he's he's you know he said oh you know we let's do this this time that's you know that's he could he can add things in that maybe he wanted to do back in the day now um, that didn't he didn't have the budget for all the time um, you know when they were trying to push Shemu out on the Dreamcast ASAP or whatever back in the day yeah so I, th- I think it's nice to see you. And like we did say, when you're you watching him in the video, you, you looked really pleased, really, you mm. know, really well. And, um, it, it's just, just nice to see the bloke like that again.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. Cause you can see I think there's, there's the fire is burning and I think the anime has probably helped that to a point. So it's, it's nice. It's good. Um, so sort of going back on to the, the panel itself, the moderator, um, if he then starts talking a little bit and he says, actually he's seen an episode, I hate you. Um, <laughs> And he's really, really pleased with it. And I wondered, actually, whether he he is a Shenmue fan or certainly is...
1: Seems seems like it to me. Picked
0: up the games and liked them. He may not be like a hardcore fan, but certainly likes the franchise, which... It came, it came across that way, which is great.
1: This episode you've seen, do you think it is actually complete or or not? Do you think they're still it, working on stuff? He Cause...
0: said it's the first episode, so I got the impression mm. it was probably done and dusted. But I'm that's just me inferring that. I have nothing to base
1: that on. Yeah. So the only reason I say is just because I've noticed a couple of people have commented on, say, like, Rio's not got a tiger on the back of his jacket or whatever. Mm. So whether or not they have they haven't finished... If I if, drawing that in, or I don't know.
0: Probably, probably elements they haven't quite finished because he hasn't got a, ja- a tiger on his jacket at one point, but later on he yeah, does. Yeah, Later
1: on, he does. Yeah, so he gets so, a different jacket, or
0: yeah, it's probably or, or or for example, could he could he start without a tiger and then gets a patch? Just a
1: patch, yeah, gets it patched on when he's hunting. On the hunt for Landy, kind of thing.
0: Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. But tiger or, prowl, <laughs> or it could just be as simple as they hadn't quite finished it yet, and for the yeah. sake of a trailer, it's not going to that minor detail isn't really going to matter, is it?
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah.
0: So the next question was a question to everybody, um, and he's saying, "So this, Shenmue obviously had a massive impact on the game industry. It's the first sort of real open world title. Where you could go around talking to the NPCs, you could do what you want." And then it was asking. he asked, how was the game condensed into the anime? Which, again, is a very interesting question. It's been discussed on our forums quite a lot. And Yuzuzuki answered this first. And he said that anime, animation, is much more straightforward than games. Um, it's perfect for telling sort of a linear focused story. There's less room for the monotonous side of Shenmue. And then this is where you started talking about what's going into the anime. So you talked about Shenhua's flashbacks and Guilin are going in. So the dream sequences, et cetera, will probably be going in.
1: Yeah, and I, I also... wonder if that was what that was with the Bailu village scene.
0: Yeah, quite possibly. And I also yeah. wonder whether we're just going to get some more around Shenhua, because mm. we don't know an awful lot about her. Even from Shenmue 3, we start to learn a bit about her. But we don't know a huge amount, so will this fill in some gaps? Will they go to Bailu village and see Shenhua growing up there, Shenhua being around the village? Possibly. It's, it'd, be be nice. interesting. it'd be nice
1: to see um, how they adapt that um, flashback that Shenhua has herself, you know, on the swing with the parents. Hopefully, we get a bit more lore behind that sort of stuff as well.
0: It'd be really cool if they did that. Um, He also said that the Master in Hong Kong is in, so I'm presuming that's um, Zhuang, Li Tao and and the things that have happened there.
1: Did he say that that was a flashback or not? Can you remember? Because that seems weird if it is.
0: I don't think it was a flashback. I know he said it after Shenhua's flashbacks are in. So it
1: kind of sounded like he meant Shenhua flashback and Master's, but maybe just... They were two separate points,
0: yeah. Yeah, I, I I took them as two separate points when I certainly when I was making my notes earlier. Yeah. Um, so good start, that's, good that's good to see that's in. And he said also they paid attention to the music composition because they what they want to do is they don't want it to be dull. So the music's obviously a big part of it. They didn't mm-hmm. go into too much detail more detail around that, but it's interesting they sort of focused on those things. And you sound himself saying that animation is a lot more straightforward. I think it means you can sort of focus in, can't you, on what you want?
1: And just a little point on the the music there. So obviously the music that was part of the trailers, is that's probably just to sell the trailer into that. I think Joseph mm. Kitchen was saying that that kind of style of music's used in many trailers. So I, I don't think that is like a piece of music that's going to be part of the anime as such if you know what I mean.
0: No, but I wouldn't be surprised if the style, the westernized style of that music is used in anime. I, From what we read in interviews earlier this year or, or late last year, they were writing a new musical score for the anime mm. with a lot of new music, but also callbacks to some older songs. So I think that it's going to have a much more westernized feel to it. it I just okay. think it will, because I think that's what they're going for. But
1: okay, so it's possible then it's just it'll be interesting to see
0: it will be interesting to see because I think we've become accustomed to some very calming beautiful you know pieces of orchestral music at the end of the day but they're taking this in a completely different direction which is fine because I think I don't think that orchestral calm stuff would necessarily fit an action-packed anime focused on the story some yeah. of the tracks would but I think the overall feel of it may not fit it and the westernized style may do a bit more.
1: Gives them an opportunity to release another 13 vinyl record box sets Exactly, as
0: well, which you know we'll all <laughs> buy, so it, it fits quite well. So then Chikura Sakurai comes in on this, and he sort of reaffirms what Yuzuki's saying, that anime means making the, more, making the story more linear is inevitable, because you have to. But they've sort of composed the story very carefully. They want to moderate that linear feel. They don't want to make it too linear. So he makes reference to Shenmue, the game, where he's talking about you can walk around, talk to all the different NPCs. So they've incorporated some of that into the anime, so as part of the slice of life stuff, which I think is fantastic. They've got Sounds scenes great, yeah. with Rio walking and talking to people on the damn streets, which is part of the game, which for us old fans is music to our ears.
1: It's part of the investigation sort of elements of Shenmue into where he's he's learning clues to take him to the next step. So. Yeah, it'll be great to see some of those old classic characters that we know and love that Rio is just going up to and, and chatting.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Hopefully, buy some toy capsules, like a little bit of a joke or something <laughs> as well. You never
0: It'd be know. brilliant, or something. Buy buy someone a soda or something like that. But they said obviously there's a time limit to it. They can't go overboard. Point taken. But they want what they said and what they want to do is reconstruct the atmosphere of the games and convey that through anime. Which again, yeah. when we were streaming this that just that filled me with such relief in some respects because it's like the atmosphere of Shenmu is second to none. So if you can convey that through the anime and they're looking to do that, then they're not going to go half wrong, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, the, some of the answers to these questions, it just sounds like they understand Shenmue. Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly that. They, they've taken the time to learn about the franchise and to understand the franchise and what, what makes it tick, which is really reassuring and I think we're in really good hands here. Yeah. So we go on. The moderator again talks a bit about the first episode that he's seen. I'm getting jealous at this point and might hunt him down and put a shine light in his face <laughs> and ask what he saw. But <laughs> um he said he's watched it and he's also he went back and played the game and commented that the anime captures the game atmosphere perfectly and he was really impressed with it. Okay. So that's reassuring if someone who's played the games can say that I think you know that that sort of just reaffirms the point they were trying to make so then he goes in to a question to Joseph Chu and Yuki Ozone and it's a, just said right so what do you want to tell the Shenmue super fans about the anime and some other bits and pieces around it so Joseph Chu went first and he said look he first visited Japan when the Dreamcast come out on everything was Shenmue and Dreamcast and he thought it was incredible it was a shock seeing a game with such scope and fidelity. Yeah, is and this he, the guy he, that
1: was on about saying he saw the huge posters of it. originally yeah, yeah, Shinjuku and yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly that, exactly that. And he he said it's the per- anime is the perfect platform for this for this game. And he he said it's a rich world with obviously Uzuki's writing behind it. And he said it was a really big op- and good opportunity to work on the anime. He said it's obviously fantastic to have his colleagues, Chikura and um, uh, Yuki Ono there as well, because he's worked with them before. Um, he said the studio has lots of experience of making animes, lots of credits with exceptional quality, fully experienced, and he said he's looking forward to seeing the final product um, and the full package with the music, etc., in it. As are we. As a we, Yeah, I'm thinking, didn't give too much away there, but there mm-hmm. we are. And then Yuki Zernik sort of comes in, he said, he always thought the Shenmue 1 and 2 would make loads of great TV series because there's so much story in them. Yeah. The challenge was to decide how much do you cram into one season? And this is where I thought it got really exciting. He said that like Hong Kong, for example, has lots of attractive characters. And as they were writing the scripts they became more ambitious from a production standpoint. They were talking about ideally you'd think for one season would be to finish in Japan, the end of Shenmue one where you go off on the boat. But as they sort of worked and developed, they actually went through everything and went, and found they want to include Hong Kong too, more scenes in Hong Kong. They want to create Kowloon and the walled city. So they went and did that and they've created the walled city using um, CG and created this massive Kowloon, essentially, which I think sounds fantastic. And they've gone sort of great lengths to reconstruct these scenes in Hong Kong, in Kowloon, in Japan. And I found it interesting. He said it's interesting using a sort of hybrid of animation computer graphics, which I know is a bit of a sticking point for some people who may be more anime connoisseurs than myself um but they said what they wanted to do they wanted to just recreate the grandeur of the games and, and and bring that to the screen
1: and i think that i think we may have spoken about this already but that does work for this because obviously it's being adapted from a game so use of maybe some of the assets from i think we were saying about shemu 3 the big relief mirror things you know that kind of reuse of that alongside the brand new animation and i just think it 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 molds together quite nicely actually
0: it's it's very clever how they've used some of the cg if we go back to what we were saying about the trailer obviously the mirrors in in the in the in the in the the relief the the quarry or whatever the stone pit million and one translations of this (laughs) um it it looks like it's been taken from Shenmue 3 doesn't it as we've said before so Definitely. I think having that balance and using using all the tools that are available just makes sense. just makes absolute sense to do it that way. So I'm, yeah, bring it on. Yeah,
1: I'm all for it. Sounds great.
0: So the next question is sort of a follow-up, actually. And it's a question to everybody is, what are you most excited for people to see in the anime? So Yuzuzuki goes first, and he talks about Shenmue being set in Japan in 1986 it's a simulation of everyday life with a cultural element, which I think sums up certainly Shenmue one quite nicely
1: um
0: he said um if you want to enjoy the games sometimes it can be a bit stressful he sort of repeats that point unless you're sort of an enthusiast you really buy into what the game's trying to do and he says here the hope here is the anime for is for people who've heard of Shenmue but not played the games will find it much easier or approachable to come into the games or for people who've never heard of Shenmue to to discover what this this series about he's saying the production quality is high the characters are full of life Everybody, and he said, "Everybody, please watch and enjoy this anime because I really want. Yeah, you know, I really hope it will interest you in the games as well." Which I know Shenmue Four, we don't know what's going on at the moment, but it says to me that they are pushing this anime to get people into the games to justify yeah. Shenmue Four.
1: And well, Yu Suzuki's just reaffirmed that basically Ente, by saying he hopes that people will watch the anime and then get in, get some interest in the games as well.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's what we all want at the end of the day. And we'll we'll talk about some of the reactions around that topic in, in a bit um, because there's some good stuff there. So Chikura goes next and he says, anybody who's played, who knows Shenmue and plays Shenmue, is saying the main plot itself stays fixed, which it does. But there's a lot of ways to get there, correct? Especially in Shenmue 2 where you've got Q2E states that you know, take you down different branching paths and all the rest of it. You've got different ways to search for things. It's Yeah, there's a lot of scope in games, but anime is a lot more linear, which is true. Um, yeah. You can get the body of the story in, and then he's saying you can flesh it out as much as you want. So they wanted to show that there are various ways to reach the ending. I didn't quite understand what that meant, but I think they were trying to sort of intimate that they wanted to sort of give the viewer the feeling that actually you could, Rio might go down one route, but actually there, could, there were several options presented to him.
1: Yeah, the only thing I could think of is like if he obviously has, has not played the games, but maybe he's he's spoken to people in Yu Suzuki and those people have said like every time you play through the game, it's a different experience. So maybe he's taken that as there isn't a set path, even though the semi is when you're playing the game. I mean, you can go off and go to the bars, you know, go play darts or something or go to the arcade. You know, these you, you've you got choices along the journey, but the, the actual journey is... Still quite linear in the games, but you know maybe he's just taken that kind of knowledge without playing the games. As you know, you can come at the game and to reach the ending, there's like loads of paths. Maybe he's thinking of like Detroit become human. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Start with a map in his head. I don't know. Possibly. Or, or it could just be a, a slight mistranslation, I suppose, where it, it 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 comes across that that's how he was. Answering that question, but we we, we don't know. Yeah, I mean, exactly just, what he means. I suppose
0: I'm just guessing a little bit there, but it it still sounds interesting. He said the characters, yeah. um, they they're all going to be where they should be, which I think is great. So they're all going to appear in the right places. Certainly the mainline characters that we know about. Um, he he felt they were able to make them interesting and appealing through the anime. So I'm hoping, like for example, Tom's personality will come through, Goro, which I know is a fan favorite. If he if he appears, I'm sure his his charm and personality will, will come through, shall we say? Yeah. Um, and he's saying last point that he sort of signed off of was saying that by watching the anime, he hopes people play the games in their own way and people come across to it. And he said anime is going to be one of many ways to enjoy Shenmue. And to those you know, playing who have played the games before, have been around since the beginning, that they hope that we discover something new from within it, which I thought was quite nice actually. Yeah.
1: Perfect basically into that's what we want and that's what they want to get new fans involved as well
0: yeah so then yuki zono went next and he talked about yeah a lot of it's all been produced in japan he said that nothing compares to the Shemu story and its boldness and, and sort of brashness there's like so many cool characters there's no other work like it he said there's several you know, strong female characters in there as well which we do know joy Zhuang, for example very strong yeah. characters um, he's proud of the way these lives are being portrayed in the anime. He's saying that the scenes in the backgrounds are uh, superbly represented from an artistic point of view, showing Japan off in the Showa era and Hong Kong. He said Hong Kong is beautiful, and he said that he's pretty confident that people will enjoy the art style and the images that are coming across. And I mean, from what we've seen of the art style, I'm in no, no mood to be
1: disagreeing with him. No, definitely not. Like, even that... You know that promo artwork they're using at the top of the. Well, it looks so like good. it's the calum with you know, yeah. the, just the sky, the color, the vibrancy. It just looks amazing.
0: So so good, and then Joseph Chu sort of goes last, and he said a lot of the players that uh, were young when the games come out, so obviously appealing to sort of our fan base more. That I think. But he said he's had lots of experience of seeing sort of Shenmue in real time and games created by Yuzuzuki. And he said it felt like a trip down memory lane for him. And he wanted to relive and recreate what we experienced in the games on the screen. Lovely. Again, that's exactly what we want. He said thank you to Sega for letting them get this project off the ground. And I think that's been lost a little bit in, in this, that Sega obviously still own the Shenmue IP. They can do what they want with it. And they've been pretty flexible With with Shenmue since the Kickstarter announcement in 2015, so they do deserve some credit for sort of letting this get off the ground. And he said there's some Sega Easter eggs from the 1980s in the um, in the finished product, and um, uh, they made a joke about a drinking game around that, which I thought was quite funny.
1: Definitely going to be looking out for that sort of stuff. Oh
0: yeah, they know. No doubt,
1: there's like a Sega Saturn or something somewhere as well
0: yeah and he's saying he hopes to, again that the, the the anime attracts new people to the games as well which is great
1: and then the moderator sort
0: of brought it to a close um he just said look you know he's really excited he said trust us it's amazing um grew up the same age with you know Shenmue etc didn't have a Dreamcast, but knew about Shenmue had a friend who had it went to a friend's house looked at the game and the artwork etc and he absolutely loved it he Said the anime is awesome and we're not going to be disappointed," he said. He was super excited about it. They give the final thank yous, and then we smashed into the trailer, which then gave us the 2022 sort of what it, open release. We obviously haven't got a nail down date yet, but it's it confirmed it's going to happen next year. And Yuzuki said himself it's coming soon. So I do wonder whether we might get it in the first quarter of next year.
1: Yeah, I remember you saying that on the, the stream when I mean, we were streaming the panel. You, you were thinking it could be first quarter, especially if they're showing stuff from Hong Kong, Kowloon, and and the artwork and whatnot in this trailer, so yeah, it could be quite a ways down the line in terms of production, so it could be coming sooner than we think, really. Having said that, though, like I say, there's no specific date, it's just a broad 2022, so it's probably a smart move, to be honest, so if there is any more issues, problems, or COVID-related things that may happen from now until when the do plan to release it there's a little bit of leeway there they've got a full year just in case
0: exactly and I I do believe internally they have a release date set I do remember um, Jason DeMarco did tweet something around that I'd have to try and find it to confirm the actual wording but I think they are working to something but he did also stress in a separate tweet that he didn't want them crunching. He wanted it to be right and they weren't going to rush it for COVID because they've been impacted with COVID like everybody else. They wanted to get it right. They're not going to crunch them to do it. So I think, like you say, you're right. The 2022 window gives them that breathing space that they don't have to commit to a date just yet, which is really good for them.
1: I think he did say something like, in one of his tweets was like, he knows exactly when it's releasing.
0: How much money do you want to tell me?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So obviously since the panel fans have been going nuts for it uh, you know it's safe to say everyone's buzzing there's a there's a nice buzz again for, regarding yeah. Shemu. we had a little bit of a, a, a lull in you know since Shemu 3 came out we, we we've always been striving to keep pushing the series trying to get shmue 4 shmue 4 and then the anime breaking the news pretty much this time last year kind of like the last piece of news we had regarding anything Shenmue apart from merchandise so to see this now it's kind of got everyone back in a bit of a buzz again which is great Uh, and and people are obviously taken by the the trailer itself and we've actually already seen people releasing various videos from across the, the community with reactions and thoughts you know whether that be from the Shenmue AM2 podcast guys or there's a 0088 on the forums or one of my favourite recent videos, actually, is the one that Personal Magnus has pushed out with. He's done, like, sort of a, a 16 gems he's found from the trailer. And there was a couple there that perhaps, you know, I hadn't even noticed. He he pointed out that the letter that Rio's holding at the start of the trailer on the ship heading to Hong Kong, I mean, I hadn't thought anything of it. I think it was just the letter of introduction from Master Chen at the end of the game in order to find Tao Li But if you actually look at the letter... In the trailer, it's got that pattern around the edge of the envelope, which kind of matches the letter that Ine-san digs out of the Hazuki residence post box, presenting it to Rio so that he can get it translated in order to contact Master Chance. So that's pretty interesting for the reason why he's looking at that letter rather than you know the letter of introduction. maybe um, it's just a, something to do with his father. He's, you know it's a nice moment perhaps. And uh, Magnus has also noticed that the the bike scene with Nozomi, like the like a brief one second pretty much in the trailer uh, of rio on the bike with nozomi on the back but it appears to be daytime rather than nighttime obviously in the game rio's just saved nozomi and they're traveling back at night aren't they mm. on like the middle of the night kind of like three or four a.m into in the game yeah um so yeah interesting spot and over on the dojo forums we've actually had an abundance of posts from the community regarding the first trailer, and that's in the, the first trailer topic which Jibby's created. And I'm just going to run through some of the stuff that's going on in that actual topic, some of the people's first reactions. So in one of the early posts, Jibby's actually gathered a few screenshots from random people who already seem excited for Shemu the anime. So we've got a guy called Splendid Coffee Zero, and he said that, I've, I've never played a Shemu game before, but this looks dope as hell. <laughs> And then we've got Taco Engineer who says, Yes, I'm a new fan of Shenmue. This is sick. We've got one from Malum Atheist 66 I like the animation style. It's the same as the one for Boondocks, whatever that is. Um, but also this boosts my interest in the Shenmue games. Enough said. Roll Vas Racer said, I don't play Shenmue games, but any anime that doesn't come from Disney or Funimation instantly has my interest. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Jay Horror says, "I'm someone that was never interested in Shemu, but I will for sure watch this." Dragon Rider says, "This shit looks fire. Looking forward to many seasons of this." And Angel Shied it says, "It looks so damn good. 2022 can't come soon enough." So I think it's just great seeing all these like non Shemu fans, or at least they're the not fans of the series yet, reacting like this. They're, you know, hyped from this Shemu yeah. anime trailer.
0: And it's exactly what they are trying to do. I mean, take it, it's wider of that. I mean, I, these comments are off of YouTube and some of for the recent era as well. But you go on Twitter, there's lots of people who have heard of Shenmue, you know, weren't too interested in the game, but seen this and gone, do you know what, I'll give the games to go. And this is exactly what they want. This is exactly the plan. And based on the reaction to the anime, like this trailer, if the anime is as good as the trailer, then there's going to be a lot of people buying these games.
1: Bring it on. Definitely. And hopefully that shows in the numbers for Crunchyroll as well. If they can see the stats and, you know, anime is picking up quite a bit of steam and then they do dive in and go for a second season as well. That would be perfect if we get a second season. Announced and a Shenmue Four announced because the success is better than they were hoping for. It just
0: becomes a runaway success. I mean, that's the best case, isn't it? And we get the, yeah we get season two. We get Shenmue Four announced around the same time. Can you imagine the momentum off of that?
1: It'd be insane, man. And I, I don't want to push the boat too much yet, but it it could go that way just from these initial reactions, and um, we've we've got some some buzz that's been generated from different media. Outlets as well, which we'll get into in a little bit. But I just wanted to touch on some more of these posts from the fans in this uh, particular topic on the Dojo forums, and we can actually take it in turns if you want. Uh, there's quite a few here. Yeah, I've um, just hem-picked. I've just picked like the ones that are uh, seems first reactions to the trailer. So we've got BCDC Dude, and he writes the animation looks incredible. The thought of new story beats is exciting. Not sure what I I think of the new Shenfue voice. So um, we actually kind of <laughs> figured out in the end it did sound like Brianna.
0: Yeah, so
1: i maybe Yeah, maybe. I, th- I think there's a slight different tone to the voice. So we, we, maybe other people have picked up on that and they don't think it's Brianna, but uh, I'm 99% sure with you there that it's Brianna. And obviously, if he, he's referring to the Japanese voice actor, then that is definitely... Um, Haruka, or whatever her name is, Shenmue's Japanese voice actor.
0: Yeah, Haruka Teru.
1: That's the one, yeah. Uh, He says, The fact that 70-man battle exists is incredible. Being a Shenmue fan is a wonderful feeling right now, and I'm desperate to see Nozomi in anime form.
0: Yeah, it all sounds quite good. Then moving into that, Hiki is obviously another one of the regulars on the forums. So it looks like we'll see the martial arts tournament, so many other things, scenes that are not in the game. I need to watch this trailer again. This is wonderful and amazing. I need to see every detail of this trailer. Beautiful.
1: That's nice. So, yeah, that person's uh, obviously very keen on the the anime. Posted quite a few times, which is nice to see. Uh, Vivi Gamer says, What an impact as a very combat heavy, which could be a little misleading, but still certainly gave the series some oomph. I haven't heard much about the tournament or Rio's life prior to the events of the game, other than flashbacks shown with his father, so to have extra little bits of lore is a thrill. Animation and voice acting was top class. That 71 battle is going to be a riot. My only concern is that they're potentially fitting in most of Shemu 2 as well, so judging by the final promotional shot of Rio and Landy on the rooftop, I don't know, I just fear it might be too compressed, but that doesn't hold my excitement back. What we've seen today is very, very encouraging.
0: I mean, that's a fair point, isn't it? Yeah. It's a fair point around Shimu too because we don't know what they're gonna, how they're gonna sort of get through to get to that point or where they're gonna finish it. Um, so yeah, I, I get that. I get that small nugget of concern, but again, I think we'll wait and see. But it, everything else is pretty damn encouraging. Mm-hmm. So the next one is Shale. I hope I haven't butchered your username too much. Uh, it just says damn. <laughs> we'll get a fourth entry as good as this looks big positive vibes even from people who have never played it
1: yeah exactly uh, and then we've got funny blake Berger who says this is so exciting the art looks incredible the quick bit of motorcycle
0: yeah and then guppy directed by a veteran in the industry and having you involved as an executive producer doubt it will go wrong especially after watching the trailer
1: very common consensus overall. Yeah. And we've got one from a guy called Spud eighteen ninety seven. I don't know who that who says, is. <laughs> <laughs> he says, All I have to say is, Oh my god, utterly insane. This could be the shot in the arm we need, guys. Let everyone know on social media how good this trailer is using Shenmu, Shenmu anime hashtags. Good we... comment from that guy.
0: Yeah, I don't know who he is. Sound man. Um, next one from Daniel Mann, 861. He said, all in all, this is pretty much everything I wanted from this. The only thing missing was a glimpse of Juin in anime form. Actually, come to think of it, there wasn't much of Shenmue 2 at all in this tease. It was um, all mostly Yokozuka. Still, 70-man battle hype. Terry looks dope. Guizong looks spot on. The tone looks incredibly badass. Yeah, I loved it.
1: Nice one, that one from Daniel Mann. Uh, Kenzo38130. It's a shame so many people had that name taken. <laughs> 38,129 people before him. But he yeah. says, what a day to be a Shemu fan. A lot of anime fans are also gamers, so it can only help Shemu grow if the anime is doing well. Shemu 4 is a hundred thousand percent come in confidence i like very it. confident
0: landy summer says wow i love the look the trailer was really well done still too early to tell how the overall narrative is going to translate to anime but i wouldn't be surprised if if it becomes a medium for the rest of the story and honestly i'm okay with this at this point i mean i think i said this at the top of the show i and you you're you're the same as me we want shenry 4 in game form we want it finished in game form yeah, But definitely. this is the insurance policy, in my view. If, if we can't get it in game form and we have to finish anime, judging on what we've seen so far, I have no problem with that. But I don't want that being misconstrued by anybody, Sega, whoever listens to this, that that's an excuse not to give us Shenmue 4 in game form. We want Shenmue 4 in game form. But if we have to settle for something and it is the only option to have it in anime form, then this is probably the best way and best look we're going to get it.
1: Yeah, but if the anime is successful, I think they've yeah. got to try another game because you're going to have a new fan base there as well. So yeah, it's, I think... uh, it's 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 got to happen, really, in my yeah. opinion.
0: Yeah, I agree with that.
1: And then we've got a comment from Nigel. Nice name. I am much more into this than I thought I'd be. The presentation is very crisp. I'm glad to see it's bringing in potentially new fans. Not getting ahead of myself, this makes me feel a little more confident about a potential Shenmue 4. It's
0: an overriding feeling, isn't it, in the community with yeah. this and Shenmue 4, which is yeah, it's great. Um, catch any sailors here. I quite like that. <laughs> I'm going to watch this anime over and over until Shenmue 4 gets released in 10 years, maybe. <laughs> But at least it's not 20 years. Come on. That's
1: true. Yeah. It's quite quick, actually, for Shenmue. Yeah, it's not bad for us. Yeah. And then Sebman says, first impressions are very important with trailers, but seems that the Shenmue anime trailer has positive vibes all around. Compare that to the mixed emotions around the Resident Evil film trailer also came out today. It's not impressed. I'm most excited for story bits that didn't make it into the game's it's been a great week for gaming-related news. Sora is in Smash, and the Shemu anime trailer. Very good. Oh, I didn't see Sora in the anime trailer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Gang Entertainment, uh, Mike Paprocki, of um, who I had the pleasure of interviewing, and he did. He had edited the video for that that interview. Cracking so that, that one. Go, go and watch it if you haven't already. Mike's a sound sound guy. He says a fantastic trailer, and the, the main thoughts after watching it are: we don't have to wait eighteen se- uh, eighteen years between seasons. Point taken. Yeah, there is enormous potential to expand on the story for the games, especially when they get around to Shenmue Three. Huge opportunity to take the sloppy storytelling from Shenmue Three and present us with the narrative that game deserve I think that's yeah, we all talk about the story letting Shenmue Three down. I think it is an opportunity to to fill in some gaps there if it, if they do get that second season, get into it. Yep. And he says, if they have the opportunity to go further than Shemu 3 and finish a story through anime, they should. Yeah, I said it.
1: Uh, but he didn't say that they couldn't do a Shemu 4 as well, so exactly. we can have them both. Exactly. And then we've got a comment from Sergi Nest, who says, the Shemu anime trailer is receiving great feedback from anime fans in Brazil. So that's interesting to hear. Mm. And considering that most of them are fans of animes like Naruto, Dragon Ball Z, and Saint Saiyan Knights of the Zodiac, I'm almost certain that they will also enjoy the Shemu anime as well.
0: Very good. Real one, very short and sweet. Holy shit, this looks phenomenal. There better be a Blu-ray release. And I second yeah. that on the Blu-ray release. I
1: feared that. <laughs> then we got one from Van Joel, who says, looking so sweet. Oh, my God. I'm so looking forward to this.
0: And then we go to Miles Miles Prower who who's, um, if you, got, you know, guys know him in the community or haven't come across him, he did the Shemi 2 data, character database and also the recently released Shenmue 3 character database. So go and check those out. He uh, said, man, the animation quality is beautiful. Also interested to see some change slash added bits. And it's truly heartwarming to see positive comments from people who've never played the games before. Very, very pumped
1: for this. Totally. Then we've got a comment from Reprise. Tonally, this is exactly what I wanted them to do. They literally nailed exactly what I wanted from a Shamu animation and then some. The mood, the animation, the art style, both the English and Japanese Shenmue 4s. Sounds like Brianna and the Japanese Shenmue from Shimu 3 to me are all perfect. Yeah,
0: brilliant. Then Jesse sort of came came in on this and said, wow, as others stated, what an absolutely wonderful trailer. I'm very happy we got the martial arts tournament and Rie seems to get his iconic white band-aid at a different time. The cave rope lighting scene is in the trailer, which is extremely intriguing. The Nozomi mm-hmm. motorcycle ride seems to take place during the day, which is very interesting because it could be a whole different scene, but that's doubtful. I hope they get a great actor for her and like the horrendous one in showing me three. <laughs> Good take. <Okay. laughs> uh, no, uh, no punches pulled there. Um, yeah. The Chai fight takes place at the dojo now. Also, the prophecy retelling is different, which you know, we've picked up on that. Yeah. And then I can't wait for this anime to come out. When I have the time, I'm going to be poring over every single frame of this. Guys, the future for the franchise seems so bright and I can't wait
1: and the final comment we got is from Tentai there is more on the in this actual topic you can go check out but this is the last one i'm going to end with he says fellow fans of this amazing series we have enjoyed when no one would even try this is what we wanted this is what the fan base and the game itself which is a masterpiece deserves and this is going to bring us closer to getting four, i know it stars of aligned i believe a nice uh, comment just to, to end
0: the mood in the community from from this is is crazy is it feels like the shenry 3 announcement again maybe yeah. not quite there because obviously Perhaps not with, quite yeah with the weight and everything and i understand that but i think there's a buzz now like the community is buzzing i don't know if it just feels like I said in my comment, it's a, it's a it's a shot in the arm. We needed something like this to really invigorate this franchise and really invigorate the community. And, and mm-hmm. as much as Shenmue three did divide opinion, we're all unified behind this. And I think that's the strength in unity here. And it could really sort of power this this franchise on.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's not like Shenmue has gone away again, but just just this and the the, the response from the fans, it just it kind of feels like Shenmue's back again. Yeah, not that we we had any scares or anything really, but a few years have passed and it was starting to get a little bit worrying. So this is reignited uh, fans' passion towards the series, and hopefully that can snowball into. Potential Shemu four, and apart from the fans, obviously, like I said earlier, we we've got media outlets that are pumping out information, not as clickbaity as the ones they did for Shemu three. I would mind it; they've just gone <laughs> for the sort of uh, just general um, what's been released. You know, here's a trailer, go watch it, kind of thing. Not too much detailed impressions from whoever's written these articles. It's kind of just like a copy and paste. Mm. Um, this is newsworthy, so I'll I'll pump it out on the website, sort of thing. So we have got articles from jumatsu IGN.com and obviously also Ezra probably pumped one out on the Japanese IGN. He
0: did pretty quickly actually if I'm if I'm right.
1: Famitsu probably as well, right?
0: Yeah uh, yes. There's a yeah. lot of the um um Japanese sites pumped him out. Famitsu for gamer and there's somebody else in Japan pumped like pumped out articles since. So I mean this is everywhere.
1: Yeah. Uh, we've got NME which is uh, music, music one, isn't it, right? Yeah,
0: NME, yeah, NME f- is obviously for anybody who's not, I don't know if it's, it stretches outside the UK particularly, but in the UK, Enemy is quite quite popular, and it's a mainstream magazine. So for Shenmue to get mentioned on a website like NME, it, showing the mainstream appeal of this, this anime, which is exactly what we wanted.
1: Yeah, totally. And then we've got uh, an article from Kotaku as well, and then a couple of articles that, We have actually had some impressions from the actual writer of the articles from. So we've got the push push Square one, which is like a a PlayStation based website, I believe, right? Or or just a gaming one in general. Just it it looks like PlayStation. PlayStation
0: sort of leaning.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. So I haven't got the guy's name actually. Let me just double check. Oh, so Sammy Sammy Barker, uh, who works for. Push Square here. Well, he says, fans were divided on the overall quality of Shenmue 3, but it's looking like there'll be less debate over Adult Swim and Crunchyroll's adaptation. Shenmue, the animation, is looking ace. Okay, fair enough. And then we've got a final article from Eurogamer.
0: Yeah, Martin Robinson over at Eurogamer. Um, cool. Again, it's pretty much, it sort of just goes into a little bit about what Shenmue is. It talks about Chikira Sakurai being known for One Man Punch, which is another anime etc but this this comment at the end um made me sort of smile a little bit after the much anticipated Shenmue 3 also ended on a cliffhanger there's been murmurings that the story might wrap out in a medium outside of the video games but to be honest i'm happy for rio to be in pursuit of his father's murderer for as long as possible if it means we get some more sweet Shenmue action what a way to end that that's
1: n- nice to see he's obviously a Shenmu fan as well and um yeah, that's kind of what we want. We want all these media outlets to kind of share the news, get it out there. You know, let's really push strongly now for share me the anime. Share me for if we can do it as well on the the fourth of every month as well. Let's all combine our efforts and stuff, and uh, we'll see where this takes us, man.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm really, like I say, I'm really, really, really pumped for this. I mean, anybody who watched the stream um, on, on Thursday would have seen that it was. Um, it's quite difficult to stay calm. <laughs> and controlled on stream and not lose my mind. um, This is a real, real big opportunity for Shenmue here. And judging what I've seen so far, judging on the reactions that we've seen so far, if it's anything, if the anime actually lives up to, to the reactions and everything we've got so far, then we are A, in for a hell of an anime series, and B, this franchise will keep on living and it will go from strength to strength, and we need to support it to allow it to do it.
1: Definitely, definitely. Right, so that kind of concludes the chat we're going to have today on the, the trailer and the panel. But if you stick around, we've got the news section coming up next. Okay, so let's have a quick music break now before we get into the news section. I'm going to play a piece of music that's actually, I think it was in the original Shenmue as well, or at least on the orchestral soundtrack, but this is from Shenmue 3, and it's an Asamu Murata track and it's The Place Where the Sun Sets version 2. Okay, welcome back. That was The Place Where the Sun Sets version 2 from Shamu 3. So we're going to go straight into the new section now. So first up, Matt, you've been obviously keeping up with your interview series in between these mainline sort of episodes of the podcast. And since the last episode, you've spoken to a couple of people, one of those that's been released, and that was with the Kitchen Brothers. Do you want to talk about uh, your experiences and your chat with them?
0: Yeah, I was lucky enough to get uh, both... George and Joe Kitchen on for a sort of tag team interview um, talking about the um, Shenmue music put, they've been putting out in the community. And for those who don't know, these these are two twin brothers who are massive Shenmue fans. I was lucky enough to meet Joe in Monaco in 2019, actually, as well. Um, really sound guys. And what they've done is, I'm sure you've seen the videos where they've taken Shenmue NPCs and given them a bit of a backstory with some new music. And I'm probably underselling it, but what they've done is to get the music the way they want it. They've actually sourced modules, instruments of the original Shenmue games to create that authentic Shenmue feel to the music. Honestly, their, their music should be in games. It, it, it feels like new Shenmue music is being written. So we talk a lot about that and how they discovered the series, how they got into music, how they source the instruments, how they source the modules. And we also talk about the um, Kickstarter dinner in Tokyo where because Joe and George backed at the ten thousand dollar tier because they have school in Guilin, so they backed at that tier and got to go out to see Suzuki, have the tour of Daubita Street, uh, go have dinner with him. They talked a little bit about what they saw on his laptop behind the scenes as well. Great interview, great pair of guys, massive, massively talented um, individuals as well uh, in the community, and they just add so much in terms of the music. So check that out because it's it's a real real good one
1: yeah I, I thought that was one of one of your best interviews man there's just quite funny actually how they're kind of like bouncing off each other and telling each other off at <laughs> different <laughs> points throughout the show and oh, yeah. it's just a good good sort of like twin brother banter between them both it's yeah. uh, it's pretty cool and uh, both really decent guys like you say they've got they've got the the school they opened up in Guilin, even so the Shenmue journey is is really, really interesting. Seemingly now, here they are creating this Shemu authentic sound of music. So yeah, definitely I would love to hear that if uh, they get picked up by Yu Suzuki and the team from making music in future games. I know there's already a wealth of music that's supposed to have been produced back in the day, but if they do need any more music the future of the series i mean I, i'd definitely go towards the, the kitchen brothers yeah. for, for some of that <laughs> they
0: should be at the top of the list in my opinion
1: yeah and joe actually puts these videos on his youtube channel uh, some of the music they've created and the well there is a more recent one which we're going to get into in a little bit but the last one that he actually created and spent a lot of time on i believe was this godhead fortune tellers theme yes Um, it's a nice big 21 minute 30 video here and and all of his videos are really really good the editing skills he's doing where he's taking sort of game footage and manipulating it to create a a sort of a storyline for some of these characters that didn't really have background stories like in the original game we got loads of background stories and lore on those characters from shemu 1 but from shemu 2 we've got less lore to work from so they're kind of making little stories to go with what you can pick up on in the game you know where the characters walk on their daily schedules or if throughout the game they do kind of add l- little lines and stuff that kind of like chose taken that to create these videos so they're really interesting we'll put a link in the show notes again and i'll probably show a little bit of footage as i'm talking now of this video i'm referencing but the latest one is done and it, as i'm recording this it was only four hours ago and we're going to play it at the end of the show after the news section but he's created a piece of music just overnight, seemingly, for the Shemu anime trailer. That obviously is the main topic discussion of this episode. So he's, he's he's watched the anime trailer, and obviously the music we got in the trailer. I don't think we've spoke about actually, but it's kind of more like a Western Hollywood style. You know, yeah. I think I think it works really well for the trailer, and for just just as introducing fans to the the Shemu anime here with this piece of music that they've used. So Joe's watched the anime. And he's written a piece of music based on what he's feeling from watching the trailer. So, yeah, that's really cool. And we're going to play that piece of music at the end of the show as well. So, moving on, dude. We've kind of been asked by Radio Sega. I know we've we've worked a lot with KC on the Sega Lounge.
0: We have. He's probably um, fed up of us.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised they're asking us to uh, become part of the Radio Sega team. But obviously... Now that we've gotten into podcasting interview series and, and these episodes and stuff, uh, Radio Sega have approached us asking if uh, we'd like to have a show air on their radio station, which I don't know if anyone is aware of Radio Sega. It's basically a 20 plus year website that just plays 24-7 Sega music. And they've got a whole host of different shows on there. The, the Dreamcast Years guys are on there with their show. The Sega guy show's on there. Obviously, KC there himself with the Sega Lounge show. So there's a wealth of really good, high-quality podcast shows that are broadcast to people live. And they set schedules there. And uh, we're, we're working on the details at the moment, but you can watch out for that if you're interested in catching some of the shows live um, over on Radio Sega I think they want us on like a sort of a Monday Monday slot, yeah. maybe 10, 10 p.m. or something UK time, I think was the time I remember reading that they were penciling as M4. So that's going to be sort of like they're going to go through some of the, the backlog of episodes. And whenever we create a new episode, that's going to get featured on Radio Sega. So, uh, yeah, really exciting, really, really nice to hear them. You know, they obviously must be enjoying the content we're doing as well, which is a, always a nice positive. Uh, to hear these sort of things
0: yeah and um they're a great bunch over at radio sega we've, we've teamed up with them a few times over the last year haven't we we did we've done a few quizzes with kc we did the um special effect team stream with them as well earlier this year so and yeah it's really good to work with them a um, great bunch of guys there's so much sega content as well so if you love sega content and podcasts the sega podcast get get over there there's there's a host of shows There's there's something for everyone
1: Yeah, and in fact, the very first episode we did was the Winterfest, which is Mm. uh, like a winter event they put on every year, and obviously there's going to be one of those this year as well, which we'll take part in. So look forward to that in the future. So the next kind of not really big news, but it's interesting news. There was over the, the Tokyo Game Show that kind of just went on last week, just randomly was a video that was uploaded to YouTube by 110 Industries, who sort of, the whole video is like speaking to various game developers about the work, about the history. It's not particularly like an interview thing, but just just like a chat with these industry legends. And Yu Suzuki actually starts this video uh, which was nice to see. So, Matt, can you tell us, like, what Yu Suzuki's actually talking about in this? It's like a five-minute clip into at the start of this this long video.
0: Odd, isn't it? Um, because as far as we know, he's nothing to do with uh, 110 Industries or anything of the sort. But I know that within the games industry, obviously Yu Suzuki is, is still a very revered, name well-respected man for for the the innovations that he brought to gaming, but. Here he's talking about um, the sort of feelings and emotions that he wants to be able to convey through video games. He goes into a bit of detail about the emotions in games and how you sort of try to get them into games. He also talks about the difference between conveying emotion in a film and in a game and, and how you sort of have to then get uh, get around that a little bit. Um, I won't go into too much detail on it. Um, go and watch it. It's only, it's only a five minute video at the start of start of the video. Um, but it's well it's a good insight into sort of what Yuzuki is thinking about when he's trying to make his games and trying to convey certain feelings, emotions. So yeah, and it was nice to see him out looking well in public and seems quite quite
1: happy. Yeah, for sure. And again I'll link that in the show notes if you've not caught that yet. Next up, so obviously this is going back quite a while now. We've all pre-ordered the, the Shemo 3 soundtracks, vinyl, etc from either limited run big wax or just for games and although we've not received or we've we've not had confirmation of everything being ready to ship because obviously was that big 13 record box set and quite a few different versions of the soundtrack and stuff but the actual what would you say it's sort of like a, a co- compilation of the best of music or a hand picked yeah. uh, arrangement yeah. of music that that particular record has already been shipped, and people have started picking those up in the post already, uh, mainly from Big Wax and Just For Games. Uh, obviously, Just For Games, we've spoken about previously on News Sections, they did the, the glow-in-the-dark final variant. That was the first thing that I received through the post, was that that particular variant, which was interesting, considering it's it was like this exclusive variant, and that, that was the first one to come, actually. But Big Wax have already shipped out, their version, which is the same one that limited run was selling, I think it was like one of them's, yeah. one of them's bronze or something, and one of them's, I can't even remember now. These, these silver two, or black, yeah, it's like a two-coloured vinyl set of mm. two records, obviously. And those ones have shipped as well from Big Wax. I'm not 100% if limited run have shipped that particular record if you just bought that on its own
0: think they have started i know that they've got the two piece records in hand at their warehouse and they have started shipping some of them so yeah they may well be appearing on on doorstep soon
1: right okay yeah so be- because we've kind of pre-ordered a load of stuff from limited run the stuff that's still in production yeah means that we haven't received the, the two thing that is ready just because they're waiting to combine everything for shipping they'll
0: they'll ship everything together and sort of a small spoiler into an interview that i've got sort of in editing at the moment um i have spoken to limited run and one of the owners of limited run and he was saying that the records have been produced in the czech republic and they've got to get them over to america to then ship them and they were waiting on 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 a plane and shipping containers and things like it to get them there but all the stuff is made. It's all been made. It's ready. They just need to get it over to America to get it all shipped. So they were hopeful to have it in the next few weeks. So we should hopefully I'll get everything crossed here and um, get get things before Christmas, which would be a lovely early Christmas present.
1: Yeah, definitely. And depending on when you're listening to this particular pop- podcast episode, if you're listening to this straight away, that's something you can look forward to there that Matt's teased a little interview with Josh Fairhurst. Coming soon, so look out for that. So, going on the back of that piece of news, man, you've started an, an unboxing series on YouTube on the Dojo channel. Uh, one of the things that you unboxed was the the two piece final record from Just for Games: The glow in the Dark one. But you've also been <laughs> unboxing various other Shenmue merchandise items that you've been receiving. If you want to quickly brief us on what viewers can expect from your unboxing series?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't take credit for the idea; it was my wife's idea. Um, she watches a lot of unboxing videos and um, she's really into sort of Harry Potter and, um, other sort of bits and pieces around it. So she watches a lot of those and said to me, oh, you should do something like that. And I thought, all right, yeah, that's a really good idea. So why the hell not? So yeah, the first one I, I did, um, was the, um, glow in the dark. No, it wasn't. It was the, the tub stuck. Actually. The first one I did was the rear hazuki tub stuck. Mm-hmm. That was my sort of tail sort of dipping in the toe and got some good feedback on it. So I thought, right, okay, I'm going to sort of pick this up and carry it on. Um, the Glow in the Dark, I did next. Um, for anybody who's watched it, clearly, I don't know how UV works. Um, <laughs> completely completely botched that to death and then found out my wife has a UV light. So I could have just borrowed that. But, you know, never mind. We li- live and learn. But that was a good one to do, actually. And sort of exploring those a bit more in detail was good fun. I then did... I've got a Hazuki statue, the first figures exclusive. I managed to pick that up from a community member for a really good price. And I've been after one of these things for years and years and years. So to finally get my hands on one, I had to do an unboxing on that. And the most recent one is a little um, Lego model and um, from minifigs.me. It's about 12 quid. And it's a good little fun unboxing. And I'm going to be doing more as as the merchandise turns up. So when the LP sets turn up, I'm going to do an unboxing of those. When the Limited Run Collectors Edition turns up, I'm going to do some of those. And I'm also going to do sort of legacy ones as well. So when you think about like data discs, LPs, I'll do some of those. If I get some merch come through that's legacy merch I've been after for a while, I'll do some of those as well. So we're going to sort of vary it up across New, old, and somewhere in between. But they're good fun, and yeah, I quite
1: enjoy doing them. It's nice seeing that sort of stuff up close again, and uh, as, as you're doing these, you're probably going to upgrade your setup a little bit too because I know your, your camera is quite close and the lighting and that sort of aspect. Yeah,
0: I haven't got a lot of space, unfortunately. My desk in my office is, is, is in a corner, and I don't have the, the most room in the world. I am looking to get like a light for, um, for the room, my camera is actually off my phone, believe it or not. It's 4K. It's 4K, 60 frames, which was really surprising. Um, but I could do with something just to sort of get the camera out of the way a little bit more. But you'll see over time, that I'll upgrade the setup. But I'm going to keep going with them. Quite good fun. They seem to be quite well received as well. And just another bit of dojo content for everybody. Why yeah, Why not?
1: Yeah, definitely. And one that will be interesting to see is the the music box, which... Uh, We've got a little update on that. I think you've been speaking to one of the people involved in that, and they've given us a semi-confirmed release date on that of, well, expected anyway, of of mid-October, right?
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, We were lucky enough, if you saw the tweet-a-thon in um, September, we had one, well, I say had one, we've got one secured uh, for, for for the giveaway at the time, and speaking to them, obviously we sent the details of the person who won over, and he, he then said can you let them know it's it's due to ship around mid-October because they've like everybody's had at the moment with shipping um there's been a lot of issues getting things out of various countries and COVID and all the rest of it so keep an eye out in your inboxes because that could well be shipping what we're on the 8th 9th of October now so that could in theory be shipping in the next couple of weeks depending when you listen to this it could already be in your hands
1: yeah, basically, and that's really exciting because that is one item that obviously was very expensive but also very ornate, and uh, it's one that I can't wait to get in my hands. It looks stunning, and uh, yeah. obviously that came with the Ryuji Uchi, um music sheet signed as well, so that, that's going to be a special item to receive when that actually arrives. So other than that, dude, there's not really a great deal that's been going on news-wise uh, since the previous episode. Obviously, you can expect ongoing content from other outlets such as Phantom Riverstone Stone.com. He's got posts, interviews here with um, composers Yuzo Koshiro and Takanobu Mitsuyoshi. Uh, and also, he's been translating the weekly AM2 uh, sort of newsletters from back in the day that are quite interesting to read. And also, he did a post on the Shemu 3 tree, the cherry tree sort of the translations behind that sort of stuff a bit of a deep dive into whether or not the the ternary spring actual tree the big cherry blossom tree that they refer to as a shemu tree is a shemu tree translated in japanese that kind of thing um so yeah that's an interesting post um, but other than that I think that is the news covered for this particular episode unless you can think of anything else to add to this list
0: not at the time of recording just let's keep our eyes out for for any more anime news and I will say to everybody obviously with the anime let's um let them know how happy we are with it get them involved in the fourth of um the month tweetathons and let's let's take advantage of this because we've got a really good opportunity here
1: yeah totally so definitely moving forward guys tweetathons or just every time you want to tweet out something about the anime, use the Shenmue hashtag, Shenmue anime hashtag as well, tag in a few people, let's make sure that they have seen a great buzz fan feedback for this particular trailer, and just discussion about the anime, let's make this a success, as big as a success as we can, hopefully we'll get Blu-rays and that sort of stuff to come, but for now, let's just focus on the 4th of the month, which we will do really well trying to tell the world that we need a Shemi for. But now let's kind of introduce the anime into that a little bit and just celebrate what we are getting. And hopefully good things will come in the future. So thanks very much, dude, for a great show again. I think we've um, had a very exciting past few days here just talking about that trailer. I'm, I'm still buzzing from it. To be honest, and uh, in the panel, we got some really interesting information from the panel as well. So yeah, thanks, thanks again, man. Great show, um, and uh, keep an right. eye out for for Matt's next interview coming soon.
0: And thanks everybody for taking the time to to listen to this, and also drawing us in the, in the live stream the other the other night. Um, it was a fantastic um day for Shenmu and Shenmu history. So let's um let's not not let it slip. Let's enjoy it. Let's take advantage, and we'll see you again very very soon
1: good stuff so we're going to end with the aforementioned kitchen bro song and uh, this is joe kitchen he's uh he's adapted the the shemu anime trailer and created a bit of a theme song for it it's not got a title as far as i can see the video is titled i had to write a shemu-esque theme to the shemu anime trailer exclamation <laughs> mark so uh yeah enjoy and we'll see you on the next one take care guys